Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll just do the test record. All right. Testing. Test. Test, test. Hello. Hello, testing. Hello. 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 Hey, guys. How's everybody doing? Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftwood. Hey, everybody. <laughs> There's a dart in your neck. <laughs> These pretzels are making me thirsty. at the end of the podcast. Sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, crap. No. No. Chance to see Spider Man this week? Mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 2D. That's on the 2D. Episode 42. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it, toss it, good it, taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's fix it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture. Push over pop culture. Leftovers. And we're the uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Are, are, are you ready for the only podcast hotter than a human torch? It's Pop Culture Leftovers. Five, four, three, two, one. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jason. And we're the Leftovers! <laughs> there's, there's no Jake this week. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. no Jake this week. Don't worry, he is going to come back next week uh, for our Godzilla podcast. Yes. But uh, he will not be joining us this week. Uh, he had uh, prior engagements. So, um, you know, anybody, any of the Jake-a-lopes... The Jake-a-naters. Jake-a-lanterns. Right, the Jake-a-lanterns. <laughs> yeah, the Jake-a-lantern core. Right, the new lantern The core. new lantern core <laughs> of Jake's. The Jake-offs. <laughs> Anybody associated with Jake at Jake-sters. all? Jake-sters. The Jake-sters. Jake-a-maniacs. Yeah. <laughs> 
All these are copyright, by the they way. They are, absolutely. Um, so no Jake this week. I was also going to present uh, something really cool that a listener sent to us, but I want to have Jake here. Oh, okay. So we're not going to do that this week, but that'll be next week. And I know the listener that provided this stuff, I know he's anxiously awaiting this. So next week we're doing it, Godzilla podcast or not. It's going to be huge. Like Godzilla. Next week. Huge. It's going to be huge. Just like Godzilla. I'm excited about this, too. You told me about it. Yeah. Haven't told me what it is yet, so. Ooh. What's going on here? Hold on. Let me, I got to, I got to test something. There we go. Yeah, my soundboard. I'm just making sure it's still working. Excellent. It's working. We're good. All right. Yeah, so, yeah, I'm looking forward. I'm, dude, I'm looking forward to Godzilla. Yeah. Like crazy. Like you have no idea. Like, I I've been reading about this and reading some of the pre-production and everything involved with this, and I am just I cannot wait to see this movie. And after watching the 3D trailer in IMAX, I've yeah. got to see it in IMAX next week. Yeah, I, I've been totally blown away by the acting I've seen, just as much as the the CG of right. of the creatures and stuff like that. So. There's so much tension in those trailers. I just can't wait to see what they're actually going to do with it. I mean, yeah. I, th- I think everyone kind of has an idea of what the kind of plot of this is. Right. But that's not really the point. It's how it's going to be executed that's important with something like Godzilla. Well, I mean, we need Redeemed after the 1998 film. I mean, yeah. Yeah. America, like, we totally fucked that. That studio totally fucked that movie over. I mean, it had a great trailer. I mean, that trailer, when you saw the guy fishing and everything, I got excited for that teaser. And then when we finally got the movie and we got Iguana, you know, Godzilla, it was a total letdown. (laughs) Well, I mean, you don't cast Matthew Broderick in that role. No. I mean, I love Matthew Broderick, but these days he needs to stick to uh, musicals and and fucking his horse-looking wife. <laughs> Talk about Godzilla. But it was like a real yeah, it was like a real tongue in cheek like we're gonna make Godzilla, but we're also gonna make fun of Godzilla. With with somebody like Matthew Broderick, you know, being the main character and you can't take his character seriously at all throughout the whole movie, so it ruins like your interpretation of Godzilla anyway, even though right. you know, the character design sucked. The one thing was that was cool is like you said, the trailer, like when you saw him come out of the water and his yeah. foot was yeah. like just it just he was huge yeah you know? it was cool but uh i'd rather watch the originals than that yeah. any day well like 2005 they came out with uh the it was like uh a, there was a godzilla movie that came out and they had the japanese godzilla take on the american one. Oh, really the fight was over in 30 seconds <laughs> Japan- he's so much bigger <laughs> japanese yeah. godzilla just destroyed him yeah so it was awesome um I, okay guys everyone if, if you listen to the show uh, you, you know that we've got something called the Leftover Army. Yes. And uh, if you listen to the show and you like the show, you're automatically part of the Leftover Army. Now, if you don't, if you listen and for some reason you don't like it, then the rest of the army, we, we will visit you in your sleep with a blanket party yeah. and just beat the shit out of you. Socks full of quarters. Exactly. Soap, soap yeah. Um, <laughs> Andrew Peck, he just got promoted to officer school with right. his donation with the koozie and he's now, he's now captain. Whoa. Yeah. He's a captain in the old army. Got a whole hell of a lot more responsibilities yeah, now. A lot. <laughs> You're never going to see your family again. For some people, that's a good thing, right? You know. But I think Andrew Peck actually loves his family, so yeah. this might. Yeah. yeah, he's one of those guys. One of those guys. <laughs> 
<laughs> He's our only promotion so far, though, right? Yeah. There's yeah. there's a lot of people in contention for that promotion, though. There's a lot of people that are up for it. Oh, I yeah, think, absolutely. Know. And we'll talk about one next week. But um, if you do want to move up into the Army, I mean, you're a member of the Leftover Army no matter what, if, if, if you never do this. But if you do want to move up in the, in the Army, we'd appreciate it if you got on iTunes and left us a review. I mean, and I'm not saying it has to be a good review. I mean, we can take criticism, too. Um, you know, I, I, I might come back and, and, and rip your head off if you, if you <laughs> criticize me, but on the flip side, I mean, you know, yeah, we're welcome to criticism as well, but yeah, get on iTunes, leave us a review, you know, hopefully, hopefully preferable, but, uh, you know, anytime somebody leaves a, a review on iTunes from now on, I, I want to read it on the air. Um, if it's not, if it's bad, <laughs> yeah, you will not be read. <laughs> but if it's, if it's a good review, I'll read it. Um, but, uh, I, I do read these. I do check them every, you know, few days. We haven't gotten a new one in a while, but, uh, it, it's nice when we do see a new one out there. And sometimes these are unspoken listeners too, which is really cool. Yeah. So, but it helps us move up in the ranks for people to notice the podcast. It helps us out in every way. So yeah, get on iTunes, leave us a review, do that shit. And you'll be promoted within the uh, leftover army. Yeah, and that's not about us trying to get like advertising necessarily, which would kind of be nice, but it en- it enables us to have more freedom with what we're doing and to do it more. So the the more reviews we get, the more we're seen, you know, by maybe you know, people or companies or charity charities that we believe in. And so, yeah. you know, we want to get out there in that way. Um, Part of this thing is like, I don't want to fucking be laden with fucking advertisements. No, either. I don't either. I don't ever want to. I hate do. it when I listen to a podcast and they're trying to fucking peddle their shit. Yeah. But, but, you know, some kind of charity or, you know, somebody trying to do something cool with, like, Indiegogo right. or a Kickstarter account. Like, if you have something that's really cool, maybe you'll see us and maybe you'll contact us and we can talk to you or talk about what you're doing. Right. That kind of stuff is more important. And trying to get to some damn press passes for some Comic-Con events and stuff like that would be awesome, too. And yeah. we're not going to do that by not being seen. So we have to be seen a little bit. Yeah. Um, I. I want to start off the show by uh, going over some uh, listener questions and comments. And uh, the first question comes from a uh, dedicated listener, Michael Cornish. And he asks, um, and I don't know if we're going to, yeah, well, I'll get into it. I need you, he says, I need you to settle a bet. Wolverine didn't get claws until the adamantium experiment. So there's no way he could have claws made of bone, correct? Hmm. No. Well, he had bone claws. He had bone claws, yeah. 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 So that was part of his before adamantium. He yeah. Had, he had his mutant powers already. Right. That's why he survived the adamantium. Nobody else would have survived having that put in. They had him. tried it and killed, like, a lot of these soldiers and stuff like that died. Yeah. You know, before, you know, he was involved in Weapon X. Yeah, and that's that's one of the things that makes Wolverine real cool. It's not that he has adamantium claws. It's that he survived that whole ordeal and then became even more powerful than he was before. Yeah. You but know. what's fucked up is that his claws are made of bone. Yeah. What animal in the animal kingdom has claws made of bone? Yeah, it doesn't it seems like a totally useless weapon unless you're just fighting humans or claws something. Claws are made out of the fucking shit your fingernails are made out of. Yeah, like That's hair. A, yeah. Yeah. It's it's not bone. Yeah. <laughs> Who has a bone it's dumb. A bone claw? Yeah. It's almost like three fingers that are on top of your already existing hand that poke out. Right. <laughs> you know, because they're like skeleton fingers almost, but yeah. really, you know, longer. I never liked that, like seeing him without the adamantium, you know, except for like in Origins, like the, yeah. when he's like younger and stuff like that. That was pretty cool, but yeah, he definitely had him before. Um, 
And he has them now. He has bone claws for right. X-Men Days of Future Past, I yeah. believe. So. Yeah, that's what I think, too. Uh, Jake Harmon, who we should be able – we might be talking to him later on the podcast today. Uh, Jake Harmon, uh, he says, hey, crew, it's been a while since I've written in, but I've got some things I'd like to throw out there. It's going to be a bit of a long email. I hope you're ready. Uh, we're not. So we're not going to read it, Jake. All right. So See you later. Uh, next email comes from <laughs> just, just, fucking, <laughs> just fucking with you, Jake. I'm going to read this. Uh, he says, <laughs> excuse me. He says, first off, it's wonderful to hear that Jake gets to keep his job. You have my support, man. So that's cool. Um, he says, so I believe Jason has mentioned that he's really into music and that he works at a record store. I was curious to see if he picked up any of the exclusives for the record store day this year. I grabbed a few and was lucky to get my hands uh, on the Ghostbusters glow in the dark vinyl. It sounds amazing and looks kick ass on my shelf. Uh, no luck with the Lydia Loveless or Bayside seven inch though. Yeah, I didn't see, I don't think we got any of those, unfortunately. Um, you know, you, you order a certain amount like really early in the year, I think, like beginning of the year before record store day even starts and they only give certain stores certain things, you know, so you're, you know, it's kind of a luck of the draw situation. I know some people that got the Ghostbusters vinyl. I got to see it. Did you see them put them on eBay for like 150 bones? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, some people just buy them to sell, to resell them. Yep. But some people, like the the Ghostbusters thing was the most requested item. Oh, it had um, been, yeah. And it even like a couple days ago, somebody was asking me if we still had it, and I just kind of are laughed. you fucking crazy? Yeah, I was like, dude, you missed that boat, you know? <laughs> Sorry, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, I I didn't get anything necessarily. Um, I'm pretty broke, so <laughs> um, I work at the record store, but I don't I don't get to buy a lot of records these days. So um, I want to, though. You know, I used to collect a shit ton of them, and I still have a lot of records. And um, yeah, music is definitely my passion. It's really good to hear that from you too. Um, he goes on to say, next, I'd like to suggest a comic for you guys to read. It's only on Comixology called High Crimes. It's written by Christopher Sabella and drawn by Ibrahim Mustafa. It's unlike anything else I've read in a long time. Set around Mount Everest and a shady business that some people do thrive off of. Mixed in with action, revenge, and general badassness. Uh, currently six issues are out. I really think you'll dig it. So with six issues out, that should be in a trade right now. Yeah, you would think so. Yeah, so I'm definitely going to have to check that out. It's That's exactly what I need is more comics on my poll list. Right. <laughs> because yeah. I, I'm not spending enough on comic books these yeah. days. I'm when did really that, not. When did that come out? Well, it's, it's currently six issues are out, so about six months ago, I'd imagine. Unless, yeah, six, seven months ago. Yeah. So um, he says, now let's talk about Batman Superman. I know it's a stretch, but I have an idea of what I'd like to see. In this movie, we see an older Bruce... He manages to go toe-to-toe with Superman, but ends up relying on his tech and detective abilities more than just brute strength. Toward the end, after Batman has kicked Superman's ass once or twice, they team up to fight the big bad. During that fight, Bruce gets permanent leg damage or such and decides to hang up up the cape and cowl. Now, the movie afterwards, Bruce is even older. He's acting as an advisor with some sort of Justice League-type team, even have Nightwing in there. But then they throw Terry into the mix, and we get an old Bruce being... Well, old Bruce hmm. and Terry from Batman Beyond. Uh, that would be one hell of a story to tell into the next few movies and would bring us something we haven't seen on the big screen. We've seen a lot of Bruce Wayne. I want to see some Terry. Well, Jacob, you may want to see Terry, but I don't think American audiences or any audience for that matter is ready to see that. I don't think people can separate Batman from Bruce Wayne 
in this day and age. I don't. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it gives you a limited story to tell, unfortunately. You know, how far do you go with the Batman before Bruce eventually becomes a crippled right. know, older person and he can't move anymore, you know? But I, I don't think the time's going to be now or anytime soon. You know, you, you Ben Affleck's going to be Batman for a while. He's going to have his own movies yeah. as Batman. I don't think he's going to be, the, you know, the broken-down older Batman necessarily yet. Um, well, it's the same reason that, like, you know, Sony's not going to be doing Miles Morales. Right, right. Uh, they're saying they're not. I mean, I don't think audiences are ready to see another. I think it'll confuse people. Yeah. Just like me, I'd be totally fine with it. And I'd love it. And I think it would bring in like a totally new demographic of people that would want to see, you know, like Miles Morales, you know, uh, you know, a Latino character in a film. I think that would be huge. Yeah. And I think if anybody's going to do it, I you know I think that Sony should do it. But I, I don't see, I don't see I don't see Warner Brothers taking taking Batman out and then and then bringing in Batman Beyond. No, I, I love Batman Beyond. Don't yeah. get me wrong, I'd love to see that story. But as far as my next Batman films go, I'm not ready for that yet. Personally, yeah, um, I'm ready for you know Court of Owls. Yeah. Uh, and you know, he's gonna be an older Batman, we know that. So bring in the Court of Owls who have been there since day one and he didn't even fucking know it. Yeah. Do that and then maybe do, maybe do the whole Dark Knight series, the Frank Miller series. Right. Can you imagine the trailer? Can you imagine the trailer for like, you know, the first solo Batman movie with Ben Affleck? You know, they show like a, a half shaded Batman, you know, mask. And then after that, they show like a half shaded Court of Owls mask. Yeah. And then that's the teaser. That's trailer. all you need. Oh God, that's perfect. And then you go on to Yahoo that same day, and the number one search thing is Court of Owls. Court of Owls. And, Who is the Court of Owls? Yeah, fucking Scott Snyder is doing backflips. Yeah, <laughs> and like, holy shit, they're gonna use my story. It's one of the things I have to explain a lot about what's going on in Batman now is the Court of Owls. It's, People don't know. Yeah, you know, and it's one of the coolest uh, kind of things he's ever faced i think in my opinion yeah if you're not reading batman court of Owls, like what well, batman the the book that scott snyder is doing right now his run you're missing out that first uh i think it went on for like a 12 maybe 12 issues 13 issues that first story court of Owls. and i mean issue number five i think it's the one with him going through the maze <sighs> what a beautiful book that's it's one of amazing. The, the best like that's one of those batman books that i reread all the time yeah and and I, I only have a handful of those really, even though it's my favorite comic. Yeah. There's probably like five of them, but that's one of them. I just love that fucking story and how they explain how he handles this whole situation. Batman loses it, you know. Mm-hmm. He really kind of loses his gourd and loses his cool. I want to see more of those stories where he's taken off guard, you know, like to the point where you don't know what's going to happen to him. Right. And then I think I think the logical continuation would be the Frank Miller series. I would love if they did that Sin City style. Yeah. Just like the comics where it's kind of all blocky and, you know, different looking. Right. Than your typical, like, Hollywood Batman movie. Right. Do it like a Frank Miller Sin City movie, black and white even. Shit. Yeah. They won't. They won't. <laughs> it would they be so that. cool. <laughs> Bring uh, back your old Joker even. Yeah. Shit. Yeah, it'd be cool. Um Let's see here. They could do a fucking Killing Joke movie. Oh, fuck. That, know? That'd be so dark, though. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know it would be dark. I read that as a kid. Yeah. My mom didn't know, but she bought that for me, and I was like, what the fuck is this? Leave, leave Barbara alone. Yeah, Jesus. Um, let's see here. Lastly, he says, I heard another podcast describe DC and Marvel movies in an interesting way, and I want to hear what you think. Uh 
it probably what we think is probably not going to be interesting at all. <laughs> so, <laughs> right, we we really I don't know hey, who the fuck values our opinions. Yeah, let's let's skip this one because <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna let you down. Yeah, we're gonna let you down. I've already let enough people. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this is like all those women that I told you. Yeah, you're gonna have the best night of your life. Yeah. And then, <laughs> turns out it was different than you thought. Five minutes later, I'm walking out the door. Um, <laughs> no, but he goes, he goes, I want to hear what you think. Essentially, what they said is that Warner Brothers is hesitant, constantly riding the brakes with their heroes. They try to make some sort of scientific explanation for everything that exists and happens, despite the fact that most superheroes have some sort of fantastical origin of their powers compared with Marvel Studios, who went all out and embraced the craziness that is superheroes. They do have some things grounded in reality, such as Iron Man using tech, but they also have embraced gods, aliens, talking raccoons, secret government agents, and they aren't afraid to show it. I think that's why the Marvel movies have been so much more enjoyable for me. They embrace what they are and run with it, while DC movies spend too much time trying to make everything grounded in reality. If I wanted reality, I'd watch the news, not Batman. Mm-hmm. He goes on to say, uh, thanks again for making such, a, such great content. I'm really excited to have all you guys back, and I can't wait to hear your thoughts on the latest movies coming out, like the sequel to the best movie ever made, 1985's The Goonies. <laughs> Hashtags. Hashtag leftovers never say die. Hashtag hail Hydra. Hashtag team Jake. (laughs) (laughs) Hail Hydra. But, but, but back to, um, you know, his question about, you know, uh, why DC and Marvel are doing this approach to superheroes so differently. What, what are your thoughts, Jay? Well, I, I think first of all, the, I think they should be different from each other. I, I don't think one should necessarily copy the other. I'm not interested in seeing any of that. Um, and so far, you know, really all we've had to gauge DC on is, is Batman. And, man, man of Steel. Well, I mean, like, as far as like, what's the big thing you think about as far as DC? Yeah, movies? but I, you know, I'm thinking, I'm thinking Man of Steel. I'm not even thinking about the Nolan movies because that was a self-contained story in Nolan's universe. That's true. That's DC's problem, if you ask me. I think before, I honestly think if fucking, if, if DC would have been like, yeah, we'll let you make these movies, but we're going to lock you into like a six, seven picture deal. Yeah. And give us the, I, I didn't think DC knew what they had with Nolan. Right. And so when he had complete control after that fucking Dark Knight movie came out, they kind of fucking backed themselves into a corner. Right? I mean, whenever they did wrote up his contract, because can you imagine Nolan coming back and no, Bale coming back and them doing their fucking, you know, doing this, you know, with like the Man of Steel, Henry Cavill meeting Bale in a movie. Yeah, I can imagine it. So, <laughs> I, I, you know, I can look at like the. I guess this does fall into that because they are they did do it grounded, but I thought that was more Nolan than it was Warner Brothers. I, I think so too. But I think if if Man of Steel had come out first, people wouldn't be saying this. You know what I mean? If if Man of Steel, even with the same kind of tone that it borrowed from, I think the Nolan Batman movies yeah. logically that. If that had come out first, there wouldn't be this comparison. Right. You brought this alien creature to the planet that's more powerful than anybody there, you know? Yeah. So I don't think, I don't think that's a fair thing for people to be saying. I, you know, there's a definite, definite difference in tone. And I think that is to DC's fault that they keep continuing with this Batman tone. I think that's what I mean is that. Okay. Is that that was so grounded and people really took to it that now they feel like they've got to do that with every single movie in a way. And I don't think you have to do that. Marvel did it in a way that was grounded, but also kind of 
not as dark, I guess I would say, like a little more lighthearted. Yeah, it's more like a comic book come to life in yeah. a way. But yeah. but yeah, they like they did take some elements from like, you know, uh like you said, from Iron Man where he's using the tech, but you know, they do add fantastical things that happen in that movie. Yeah. And they do add an element of fun, you know, where the the DC stuff, like the Nolan movies and even Man of Steel were like, how would these characters react in the real world? Yeah. You know? And and what's kind of scary about this, you know, whereas Marvel has Kevin Feige kind of over, overseeing everything that gets mm-hmm. made and, and keeping with a common thread – now you've got with DC, you've got Goyer mm-hmm. and Zack Snyder kind of being the two guys. Yeah. And that's worrisome because we don't know. We want What I like about Marvel is div- the diversity. We've got Guardians of the Galaxy coming out. Right. I mean, even even with like the Fox and Sony movies with like Spider-Man, it's it's a whole new take on on what a comic book movie should be. Yeah. Every time it's a unique experience, and uh, that's what I really like about it. I think that's been the biggest difference for me. I want to see some different tones, and I don't want Goyer and, S- and Snyder keeping with the same tone or same direction. They need unique perspectives on those things. Yeah. They, well, they need to announce some different solo movies coming yeah. out of Warner Brothers. Like, okay, we're going to do two a year now. And, okay, Goyer's not going to be involved in this one. We fucking got, you know, like, Max Landis to write the next book, like, yeah. the next script, you know? Get somebody else in there to write a fucking script. Yeah. You know? It's like, even The Walking Dead, which is like, like, it, it, it's trying to take, like, a reality world, like, and all they do is, like, take this one element that there's zombies in there, but they try to keep it like, like, this is the real world. You know what I mean? Yeah. And just throw that element of zombies in there. Right. And see how, and just see how it unfolds. You know, even that show gets a different showrunner, it seems like, every year. Now, they're not doing it to be creative. They're doing it because AMC's too cheap to keep paying these guys right. the money to keep them around as director. I mean, they had a falling out with uh, um, the orig- Frank Darabont, mm-hmm. which that first season, I mean, Frank Darabont does movies. That first season was just like a fucking cinematic event. It was, it was like you were watching a movie. Yeah. And then, you know, the second season, who was that? Um I can't remember the showrunner for the second season. Uh, Mazzara, Glenn Mazzara. Okay. And he did it, and he did a fantastic job, and I wanted them to keep him on. And then now they've got Scott Gimple doing it, you know? You ever wondered, like, in The in the Walking Dead, you know, it's based in reality? Mm-hmm. Have you ever wondered why the fuck we haven't seen, like, one fucking buck-naked zombie walking around? <laughs> yeah, they've all got clothes on. They've all on. got clothes on. Somehow. What yeah. the fuck? <laughs> I'm not saying I want to see a fucking naked zombie, but right. at the, on the flip side, there are no naked zombies walking around yeah, in this movie. Really, they shouldn't have any clothes left. Even in George A. Romero's Night of the Living Dead, the original, back when it was filmed. Still had like suits on and shit, straight from the grave. No, there was a naked lady walking around oh, in front oh, of the yeah. house. You're right, you're right. Even right. in that. Yeah. Yeah, we That's had a true. nude, we had a nude zombie. Hot. But there's, <laughs> I wouldn't say that, but I mean, you know, <laughs> I would, not going out on that fucking limb. <laughs> you been, you been drinking? Yeah, That's a little fun. bit. Hot zombie. It's a little bit of necrophilia yeah, going on in the show yeah. today. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> but no, th- we've never seen a fucking naked zombie. Right, right. Yeah, I mean. I, I sound like I'm upset about this. Like, damn it, where's my naked zombies? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you're right. You're right. You think about those things. After you've watched it for a while, you start, yeah. you start picking it apart sure. like that, you know? Yeah. We haven't seen any Amish zombies. No. I guarantee you, for like the first week after the fucking outbreak and shit, I bet you yeah, for the first week, they're fucking still like carpet, doing carpentry shit and like <laughs> putting shoes on horses. They had no fucking idea that this was going on for like the first week. What's going on, eh? Yeah. Oh, that's Canadian. Never mind. What the? <laughs> 
you are horrible. <laughs> I think you just are there Canadian Amish people? That's a good question. I don't know. There might be. I don't know. I'm sure there are. No. no I know it takes place. I don't know what the Amish community is like in Georgia. You know, no. but I know there's a lot in Pennsylvania. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But you don't see any like Amish zombies walking around. You don't. You don't. It seems like there'd be a lot more of them out there, especially out in the fields. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's what they do. They're right. they're farming and yeah. stuff. As far as I know, I'm sorry, Amish people, if I'm <laughs> if I'm getting this completely wrong. As far as I know, it's a, it's a right. it's a land based kind of lifestyle. Yeah. Living off the land. That'd be a good book, though. Yeah, for sure. Amish zombies. Yeah. <laughs> I guarantee you, like, I think, I think for like the first week they had no idea. They were cut off from the world anyway. Yeah. Like, they they're didn't just, have TV or Yeah, radio. they're churning butter and whatever the fuck they do. This butter's good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's always good. And then they, like, I think, I think they found out about the outbreak during Rumspringa. Right. When, you know, when the young people, they go out there and they like, you know, have their party and they like sow their wild oats. Yeah. That's when the, oh, this is, this, this rum spring is awesome. And then like next thing you know, somebody's getting their neck bitten and shit. Right. Then and the, the outbreak they're happens. They're like, oh gosh. Fuck. Jeez. Better get on the buggy. Yeah. <laughs> get back home real quick. Good thing they can't run. <laughs> we're, we were, t- oh, sorry, Jacob. We were talking about, uh, the differences between DC and Marvel. Oh, but what else I was going to bring up was what, what I think the best move for DC to do after Man of Steel 2 is to do something like Justice League Dark. You know, do something that's totally different. I know they're pushing Constantine. Yeah. Um, so why not? Well, Guillermo de Toro is rumored to be attached to a Justice League Dark film. He's yeah. pushing for it. And that would be the, the unique vision and perspective I think yeah. it needs after we've seen, you know, Man of Steel and Man of Steel 2 at that point. Right. I, I don't know why DC is taking this gritty. I, I think that they are trying to separate themselves from Marvel. I don't think that they, I think they are trying to separate themselves. Like, oh, we don't want to be a part of this fantastical talking raccoon fucking shit. I, yeah. I, I we want to just do our own gritty grounded versions of everything because they tried with Green Lantern to emulate what Marvel did with Iron Man and they failed. Yeah. On every level. Yeah. So, I mean, I, personally, I think that was just bad casting, bad screenplay, bad villain. I mean... Bad CGI. I mean, his training sequence, when he goes... I mean, okay, first off, you're going to confuse people when you're in set in the real world like we are now. Then you go cosmic mm-hmm. for like five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. His training was like five minutes long. Right. His training should have been fucking brutal. There should have been a scene in that movie where like he is getting the shit beat out of him during that training to the point where like he's on his fucking knees and he's bleeding and he's looking up like, oh my God, you know, like just to really get you into that. Yeah. Where's the, where's the story of his will? Right. It's not there. Yeah. It's just that there the, was no will. Exactly. The, this goofy guy got a ring and right. now he can do anything he exactly. wants. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Even, you know, like, see what happened. I didn't see any change no. in him at all throughout that movie. What was so awesome about Iron Man was like, once he fucking, once he left the cave, Tony Stark was a different guy. Oh yeah. He went into the cave, this playboy, billionaire, sarcastic asshole. He left this aware and, uh, you know, fearful. Yeah. And, uh, and about, about his tech, like what his technology's done over the years. He still came out a sarcastic asshole. Right. 
which we don't want to strip him of that because that's awesome. Yeah, he retained it. But, I mean, he came out of that cave a completely changed person, and you never got that from the fucking Green Lantern movie. Right. Never. Right. And that's one of the – that's the coolest part about most superhero origin stories is you see the change. Yes. From when they were not a superhero or a, a vigilante and right. when they become one. That's what's awesome for the the moment when I get chills is seeing those origins come to life like right. that. Question for you. If they do, and I'm sure they will, it's Justice League, they're going to reintroduce Green Lantern. Yeah. Should they reintroduce Hal Jordan or should they go with Jon Stewart to separate themselves from the Ryan, Randall, Ryan Reynolds bullshit? That's a tough call. I mean, to me, Green Lantern is Hal Jordan, you know, yeah. always has been. And I, I think, I think it wouldn't be a bad idea to introduce Jon Stewart first, mm-hmm. but later on, without a pre-origin story or a standalone movie, introduce Hal Jordan. Yeah. You know, kind of like, you know, he's been fighting the war for a long time. Jon Stewart's the only lantern that they know. Yeah. And then they meet this other guy that's from Earth that's been doing it for a much longer time. That'd be cool. You know, and he still is a charming fella. Right. But he's not that goofball like right. Ryan Reynolds portrayed. How, Green Lantern was never goofy to me. I don't yeah. understand where that came from if they were trying to make him more of a likable character to a wider audience. But... Green Lantern. He was is never kind of funny. a ladies' man, yeah. Though in the comics, I mean, you know, if you watch the interactions between him and Flash, they're always poking fun at each other, and that's an awesome relationship to explore. And they better do that in a Justice League film, right? Like those two are like good friends, and they play off each other, especially in the comic books. Like you know, like you know, Hal Jordan's like, "Why didn't you tell me that you're dating so and so?" And he's like, "Well, I didn't want to tell you because you're going to hit on her, right?" You know, that kind of like I want to see that kind of like interaction in the fucking movies, that fun interaction. Right. I just don't want to see like gritty shit all the time it'd almost be cool to bring him in during like a major battle with a pre-existing justice league bring him in kind of towards the end of the movie as an introduction to cosmic right and just like who the fuck's this guy right you know and then maybe do a story of his alone after that right and i want to see a damn specter uh i want to see him become the specter you know something that pertains to that yeah and how that made him more of a serious person right you know so introduce him as kind of this heroic space guy that nobody knows who the fuck he is comes out of nowhere helps save the day i think what's going to happen is that dc is going to wait for guardians of the galaxy to come out to see how they do it yeah and then they're going to like they're still going to keep it gritty but i mean i think they're going to try to learn a lot from the way you know guardians of the galaxy introducing the nova core it's kind of the same thing as you know dc's uh you know green lantern core yeah. it's just like you know what i mean so i think they're going to try to take some cues from that movie too yeah for sure for sure i mean i, I just yeah it needs to be lightened up right. a bit though yeah um let's see here uh we got more emails and i want to go through these because i appreciate all of our listeners uh cameron wilson he emails us back uh he says guys thanks for the positive reception of my email on this week's show which was actually a couple weeks ago uh he says i debated sending my first email because that because being that it was an email i wasn't sure if the humor would come off but it did and i'm glad you did get a kick out of it that being said this may be another long email again i apologize <laughs> he's the guy who sent us the email uh where he said um yeah i listened to your podcast and when i asked for the unspoken listeners to speak up yeah, yeah, he's like yeah i listened to your podcast and now i've said something yeah <laughs> yeah he said, in your banter this week during the reading of my email, it was said that you didn't get my essence due to my short first email. Well, I'm 24, married, and from Georgia. We ought to ask him if he's seen any naked zombies. Right. 
What do you know about the Amish? Yeah. What do you what, what do you know about the Amish people in Georgia? And have you seen any zombie dong? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Does it retain itself? <laughs> Does it just fall off? <laughs> yeah. We don't know, but we're scared. Yeah. Uh, he says, I love pop culture, comics, movies, video games, etc. My two best friends are not into the same kind of things at all. Therefore, I don't really have much of an outlet to discuss the topics I enjoy. I'm happy to be part of this community, and maybe this can be my outlet, if you don't mind my long emails. Have you any of you guys happen to play Titanfall? Tupperware, for sure, this game is amazing. Also, are you guys fans of the Metal Gear series? Um, I have played Titanfall, and uh, it was pretty damn cool. Um, you know, I, I enjoyed games like Halo mainly. I know a lot of people would say Call of Duty's their favorite shooter. Well, it was always Halo for me. I was always playing that. The coolest part about that being is the online uh, competitive play. I'm not much of a competitive guy, but that was always fun because uh, I'm pretty good at video games. So instead of sports, I could excel and stuff like that. So it's, I w- I'd always tell my girlfriend, you know, I'm sorry I'm playing this game, but this is my football. You know what I mean? Right. So <laughs> I don't watch football, but I play these video games. And uh, Titanfall was awesome. Uh, I, I would definitely Tupperware as well. You know, you get a lot of options in that game using Big Macs or just you know walking around as a foot soldier. And uh, I haven't played it, but I've seen like videos on it and shit. And, like the making of it and yeah. like if if one game wanted to if i was like tempted by one game to get back into gaming it'd be titanfall that those fucking suits look amazing yeah giant robotic yeah. suits and uh you know sometimes you're in the suit and sometimes you're not and, and it's very cool strategy you know you have to get the suit and or you're running around trying not to get killed or stomped on by these things and graphics are awesome graphics are amazing in it so yeah definitely tupperware that too i know we were both fans of like metal gear growing up yeah. i mean i played metal gear and yeah uh, I think the last Metal Gear game I played was the Metal Gear that came out for PlayStation 2. Yeah. Was it Metal Gear 3 or something? Like, I can't remember. Yeah, like the, the Solid Snake one. I don't know if that was 3 or not, yeah. or if it was called Metal Gear Solid Snake. I can't remember. Yeah. Um, but it definitely was predating like the new Metal Gear series where it's kind of a different game now, like visually. Yeah. It was still like top of the line graphics and really fun gameplay for what it was. Right. I think it was like a top down view. Of your character, so it was kind of one of those. Games. His name's Snake, right? Yeah, he always reminded me of like uh, a mix of like uh, Nick Fury and Dog the Bounty Hunter for some reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was really cool, like graphics wise, gameplay wise. You'd like steal people's shields, get behind their shields, and start shooting them. Like even back in PlayStation Two or wherever that was, all the all the. All the uh, Metal Gear games were very innovative. Yeah. Um, I feel like games these days, though, they're all the same. So even if it's Metal Gear, it reminds me of, like, Tomb Raider, Uncharted. It's all kind of the same shit. So Until uh, somebody has, like, the newest thing that's come out. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit later. Yeah. About the new fucking uh, evolution of video games. I'm going to talk about it later. Well, that's exciting. That's yeah. exciting. I mean, the games that interest me are, like, the new the stuff I haven't seen a million times before, yeah. you know. Uh, he says, I also have some thoughts on Batman versus Superman. I agreed with a lot of your points toward the end of the show regarding this movie. All the discussion of Batman kicking Superman's ass sounded great, but I hope they pay respects to both characters. Superman was my uh, introduction into comics, so I don't want him to come off as a pushover when Batman is involved. I want there to be development of the relationship and respect they have for each other. 
I also really enjoy the TV show Arrow. Green Arrow is my favorite character in comics, and I wonder what your thoughts are on Stephen Amell's performance as Green Arrow. Also, on that note, could you see this? Uh, could you see this version of Green Arrow being introduced into the cinematic universe as a character in Justice League or anything else in the future? I know this probably will not happen, but I'm asking, what do you guys think that would be like? What would that be like if it was done? Hmm. And um, let's see here. Let's yeah, let's address that. And I think we already did on an episode ago. I, we'd like to see it. I think it'd be a fist pumping moment for fans. Yeah, I almost feel like it has to be done at this point. Mm-hmm. I can't think of anyone else now because he's so ingrained now yeah. as my Green Arrow. But the problem is, if you introduce him, you also have to introduce you know Grant Gustin as the Flash and. Pretty unsure on that still. Yeah. I mean, I want to see, I don't know, I want to see a bigger cinematic version of The Flash than, yeah. than just Grant Gustin. The thing about Steve Amell is he's fucking earned it. He's he's earned it in both how passionate he is about his character in the series, but also he's, he's you know, he comes out and talks about it all the time. Yeah, he's a cheerleader for the show. Yeah, he, he always, <laughs> and, and that's important to me too, like, it was one of those shows where it wasn't really good at first. It was kind of weak, like I was embarrassed to tell people I was watching it, but I was still watching it, and it got better and better and better. And a lot of that has to do with Steve Amell. See, I I don't know. I'm ne- I'm never going to say that the show started off bad. I liked it from the get-go. I love the action choreography. I love the scenes on the island. The acting was kind of cheesy, and it was like watching an episode of like fucking Degrassi High or something. That shit. was the main thing, yeah. But, I mean, I love the island shit. I, I love the flashbacks and stuff like that. And... uh it's one show that continually got better. Yeah. And they listen to fan reaction. It's not like the whole fucking like, you know, on the cinematic side where David S. Goyer is just like, Oh, okay. Yeah. We hear you, but we're going to do shit our own way. It's like they actually listen to fan reaction and the more comic book sh- shit that they, that, that we wanted, the more they kept throwing into the show. And it was just like, man, this is awesome. Right. But I think, yeah, Stephen Amell would be great. But then with that, with that, you've also got to consider that if they do that, they have to introduce Grant Gustin as the Flash in the c- cinematic world. And I, I, I personally, I want to see a more—I don't know how, how. What should? How should I preface this? I want to see a more movie blockbuster Flash. He doesn't hit it yet with the images we've seen. He he, he doesn't give you that feeling. You know, you could tell it's a made-for-TV kind of character. Well, Flash is like, he's a headliner on the Justice League. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, like, I don't think you can take a TV character like the Flash, like a TV Flash, and then, like, have him be, like, a headliner in the Justice League. I want to see, like, yeah. a big name in there, or, and I want to see, like, a fantastic suit, like a really bright red flash costume oh yeah yeah and it it seems to me like they're gonna just do all older older characters yeah. for the movie itself so we don't we're not even gonna be like oh why isn't steve amell in there it, it's gonna suck when he's not there but i think it's probably the case that he's not gonna make it into the film i don't yeah that's the thing like because if they introduce him it, they're they're kind of like unless he is the younger kind of new 52 green arrow you know the younger they could age him they could. They could age him. Yeah. And then they could have a, a different actor play an older Flash. Right. That would be cool. That's cool. That would be cool. Yeah. I just, I, it is one of those fist pumping moments. It's, it, I think, like I said, he's earned it. I, I don't usually think this about TV show uh-huh. actors. Like, I can't usually see them in a film. Right. But for him, it's like, dude deserves it, man. Yeah. Fuck I, yeah, it does. <laughs> and I think Green Arrow would be the perfect kind of, you know, guy that, 
keeps Batman in check. The guy yeah. that's watching Batman. Right. Batman's watching everybody else, but who's watching Batman? Oh yeah. Green Arrow's watching Batman. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> I just I would love to see a scene where just like, you know, like you see an arrow hit somebody and then he like he just walks out of the shadows. Right. And then it's like boom. Yes. Awesome. He's got enough charisma like to really anchor it almost, you know, really bring home that grounded audience that is kind of built in with his show. Bring that yeah. into the movie verse. Did you hear it, DC? All right, this is what you need to do. You need to recast the Flash. Awesome suit, awesome costume, making an older Flash, and fucking then have just Stephen Amell play an older Green Arrow. Yeah. That's it. That's your answer. Yeah. So. Give be- Flash some some cooler duds. Yeah. Some more like... Well, see, the problem is with that, the reason I say, I'm saying all this is because in the in the movie, you're going to have these amazing special effects. Yeah. And then you're going to go back to TV and it's going to look different because they don't have the budget of a movie. Right. So Flash is going to have an effect when he runs. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's not going to look the same on TV. They don't have the same budget. Right. That's why it's not going to work. It, it does work in a sense to keep it, yeah, keep the TV verse a young Flash, bring, yeah. bring in the older Flash. Hell, he could have even teleported in time a little bit ahead of Green Arrow and gotten older. Right. You know, there's all kinds of explanations they could use, but I think, yeah. I think everyone should keep making that a point on message boards and stuff to get Steve Amell in there. Yeah. He says, I'm glad to know that there are others out there reading the current run of Green Arrow and Earth 2, as these are my favorite comics currently. I get made fun of, uh, by one of my co workers who is into comics for liking Green Arrow as he is a Batman fan and claims that Green Arrow is a lamer version of Batman. <laughs> I was reading the new Batman Superman comic too, but dropped it a couple of issues ago and apparently it is crossing over with Earth 2 in the next couple of issues so I'm excited to get to the comic book store and pick up those related issues. Have you guys read any of the Superman Wonder Woman comics uh, series? I have not. No. I have not picked that one up. I'm I'm getting like maybe six or seven DC titles right now. Yeah, I'm getting Flash, Batman, Superman Unchained, um, Action Comics. Uh, I was getting Talon until it ended at thirteen. Flash is just one of those books that I will always get, no matter if it's good or bad. Yeah, I don't care who the creative team is. I don't care. I love Flash. I'll always read a Flash book. Um, Flash has always felt like it's kind of like the lighter side of DC for me, even in the new 52, like where everything else is like fucking heavy with gritty bullshit. Flash has always kept it kind of light and I like that. Yeah. Fun, Um, fun book like Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I I don't care what, I don't care who the creative team is on Flash. I will always get Flash. Mm -hmm. So I'll never drop Flash. It is one of the more consistent titles always. Yeah. It's, it's, I'm not saying it's always hot. I'm not saying it's ever cold. It's always, it's always lukewarm for me <laughs> yeah it's either hot or lukewarm it's right. never really really bad right and it's just one of those titles like i will never drop flash i'll always get it so um yeah but i, I love the i love the green arrow comic book what the fuck is your co-worker talking about fucking yeah. jeff lemire's writing that book now it started off rough but jeff lemire once he took over i think it was like issue 17 yeah. he's fucking killing it People that say that haven't actually read a lot of the of the series, probably. Well, they're not reading the Jeff Lemire run. No. Uh-uh. I mean, as soon as, like, the Green Arrow fucking TV show took off Arrow, they were like, let's get a better team on this Green Arrow <laughs> Yeah, no shit. That's because exactly pe- what happened. Exactly. So they're like, let's get Jeff Lemire on it. And yeah. Jeff Lemire is, like, knocking the shit out of the park. Right. 
So, yeah, just tell your coworker that, yeah, Batman, everybody knows who Batman is. But you know what? You're in a cool little community that's reading a really good Green Arrow book by Jeff Lemire, who's like, I'd say, right behind Scott Snyder as far as, like, talent-wise. If, if not his not, – if not right on the same level. Right. I, I, when I think of – when I think of DC right now, I'm thinking Jeff Johns. I'm thinking uh, Scott Snyder and Jeff Lemire. Yeah. Yeah, and for, you know, people, people need to understand that there's more than just Batman as far as like hero or people that decided to become vigilantes that were normal human beings. Yeah. And Sometimes so, B-list characters make A-list stories though. Yeah. And Green Arrow, like, of course they both borrow from kind of the Robin Hood mythos, but, um, they're well, totally, Hawkeye right now by Matt Fraction yeah. is probably. And Hawkeye's totally different from Green Arrow. Sure. But you could compare them more than you can compare Batman to Green Arrow. Right. You know, they're both millionaires. So what? A lot of characters are millionaires. That's how to get all their shit. Yeah. <laughs> Half of the characters in the Marvel universe are geniuses. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So of course they are. <laughs> I mean I mean, I don't know. A superhero that's like a fucking checkout grocer at a grocery store, that's not gonna make for a compelling story. That's kick ass. That's kick ass, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Uh, he said, again, sorry, this is long. Actually, no, I think we've gone on longer than you have. <laughs> Yeah, we did go on. So don't apologize. <laughs> he says, I don't expect you to go – I don't expect you to get to every point even though it would be great to have some back and forth about some of these topics because this is my best outlet. You guys are great to listen to and I look forward to the show every week and I look forward to future discussions with you guys in all things pop culture. I'm about to listen to the podcast about the Twitter issue with Jake. I don't know the details but hashtag free Jake E. Uh, he says, sorry to hear you're going through a tough time, man, and I can't wait to hear you back on the show. He says, thanks, Cameron. He says, P.S., if you guys ever come out with shirts, you should have a design that says, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. <laughs> he says, I would wear that. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the plan. That I, I would plan. wear that too. Yeah. <laughs> when, when I came up with that little, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap on a t-shirt, I never thought that people would actually want a shirt that said that. Yeah, when, you, I, when I wrote it, it was just like, oh, this is just a stupid little joke I'm going to throw in here. Yeah, you were just joking around. Yeah. I remember you talking about it. Yeah. And, uh, it does stick, though. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I think of the show, I'm like, that was... Walking Dead should have a t-shirt saying, where's my zombie dong? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did it fall off? <laughs> was it the Gevna? <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, I know why they didn't show any naked uh, zombies in the first couple seasons. Because uh, um, uh, in the first couple seasons, honestly, I, I, I think that Andrea probably would have jacked it off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hello, I, Shane. Hello, Governor. I kind of felt that way about her, too. <laughs> I don't know, man. I just felt that way about her. Man. <laughs> she was just jacking everybody up. No shit. <laughs> she was full of good decisions in that show. Yeah, she was. And I, I totally miss her. I kept waiting for the comic book Andrea to show up, and it never fucking happened. Yeah, they totally. It never happened. Totally made her the opposite of the character. <laughs> I mean, I kept waiting, kept waiting, kept waiting. No. I just was like, when is, please kill her. I think, <laughs> I think uh, she got a role in the uh, Dumber and Dumber 2 sequel oh did she i think so yeah she's a great actress i don't know her personally but yeah andrea in the show fuck that <laughs> yeah my least favorite character yeah she sucked zombie dick <laughs> <laughs> um there's a penis <laughs> that was her somebody grab andrea that was her catchphrase <laughs> somebody grab andrea yeah. 
as soon as they saw that naked zombie. Where's Andrea? (laughs) Oh shit, she's running straight for it. Don't, don't suck it, Andrea. (laughs) But I gotta. All right, anyway. All right, our next email. We've been going over a lot of emails. I'm having a good time doing it, though. I like emails. Yeah, yeah. They're, but they're the, they're one of the funnest things that we do. I'm sure, emails. some people are like, "When are they going to get to the news? <laughs> when are they going to get to the news? I'm sick of reading. I don't care about what other people want to talk about on this show. I don't care. I don't care about who's Cameron. <laughs> who's Cam? I don't care about what Cameron's saying. I'm going to send them a message. I'm going to send them an email about not reading emails. <laughs> And then I'm going to have to read that fucking email on next week's show. Dear Brian, love your show, but last week you read a bunch of fucking emails. And I wanted news. I waited a whole week. What's this about zombie dong, <laughs> son of a bitch? Why are you obsessed with zombie dong? I'm not obsessed with zombie dong. I'm just saying. It's 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 something that's – it's a plot hole. It's totally left out. You're more obsessed about the Amish. I, what, what about naked Amish zombie dong? Right. You haven't answered all these questions, right. Kirkman. Yeah, Kirkman. You think you're so fucking smart. Yeah. <laughs> um, excuse me. <laughs> they never even bring this up on The Talking Dead. I think it needs to be brought up. All right, this next question, it comes from Grub over at the Awesome Movie Podcast. Oh, cool. Uh, our friends over there at the Awesome Movie Podcast, which I'm still listening to. I love, I enjoyed the Crow episode. It was really cool. I, lo- I learned a lot. And there, one of the guys there was like just totally immersed in like the Crow comic books and everything. I like got to listen to that. Man. It was very cool. I fucking cool. love the Crow. So thank you, Grub, for the email. Uh, me and him keep in contact. I want to have him on a Star Wars podcast because he's very opinionated about yeah. the Star Wars podcast. God. I can't wait to do a, another Star Wars podcast. Yeah, I, I think it would be good to have a varying varying view uh, on somebody the show. else's fucking opinion. Instead <laughs> of you guys, right? It would be cool. Yeah, we, we might get sidetracked and start talking about zombie talk. <laughs> we got to have somebody keep us in fucking line. Anyway. Grub from the uh, Awesome Movie Podcast, uh, he wrote in to me. He says, just listen to the Star Wars episode, dug it. I think <laughs> I think the story for Episode 7 is going to be another Empire-Republic uh, fight, since I doubt the Empire totally collapsed when the Emperor died, and there is still the Imperial Remnant out there. Also, question slash topic for another show, but m- what do you think people mean when they say someone is a quote true fan of something it's a term i've never really understood because i think while there are degrees of fans and fan in any fandom no one's fandom of something should be any less valid than anyone else's simply because they are less hardcore about it (laughs) i'm curious to hear what you get your guys take on it yeah i i would agree with that like i i think i've fallen into that trap of thinking when I've had conversations with people about things that I'm interested in or I'm reading like comic book wise or what movie I saw and, and even though they're saying something good about it, I'm still like, but man, you just don't, you don't understand. You weren't there from the ground floor. Yeah. You didn't, you don't feel it as right. deep as I do. Right. Like, yeah, yeah. I eat breakfast with this shit, man. I go right. to bed with it. Like, right. it's true. It's true. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter. If you're a fan, you're a fan. Like, you don't have to know everything about the whole damn thing, you yeah. know, from its, from its birth to, you know, when it's going to end or what you think it's going to, ha- what's going to happen with something. You don't have to be oh, but, uh, Come on. Let's be honest here. Let's be honest here. Like when you go to the fucking theater, 
and you're sitting. You down still there. look around, yeah. When you're sitting there, and like you know, they they have the Thanos reveal at the end of Avengers, and everybody's just like, Who's yeah, that? and you're like, you fuck, you <laughs> I, I I fucking know who he is. Yeah. Like I could like walk down to the front of the theater and like have like a fucking discussion, like have a panel myself. I was just sitting there going, <coughs> Thanos. <coughs> uh, yes, you ignorant girl over there. <laughs> You have a question? Yeah. Who is that purple man? (laughs) You know, I mean, it's like I could hold a panel there and talk to him about this shit, you know? Right. And I could probably talk about, like, things from the – you know, but that's the thing. It's like am I I more of a true fan because I know about this stuff? Right. Is it their fault that they're not considered a true fan? Well, everything's different. Like, you're a true fan because you have read the comic books. You know who these people are. You right. understand the source material. Um, and these people are a fan in that they saw this for the first time and they're being introduced to it. Yeah. So we've all been there. But does it make him any less of a fan than me? Kind of. <laughs> kind of. But it's it's not yeah. something that anyone should feel elitist but about. But when I le- yeah, that's true. But yeah. when I go home, it's not like I forget about it. I think a lot of people are just like, "Oh, I love that new Captain America movie. It was fantastic." Right. And then they just go about about their day and like they don't think about it anymore. That's just they just saw a really good 2-hour action film and that's it. Yeah. And then they just wait for the next one. Like me, I'll fucking like stew over the shit for hours after I watch <laughs> yeah. the movie. People are able- Even before I did the podcast, it was like that. Yeah. After I watched Prometheus, oh my god! I think I fucking locked myself in the bathroom. I was awake for hours. After oh Prometheus. my god! Yeah. Yeah. Trying to figure out what I just saw. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's it's fun. It's fun in one sense to see those fans get excited every time a new one comes out. But you're right; they leave it after they've seen it. They're done right. with it until something new comes out and they're reminded of it right. again. So I, I would say there's a more hardcore fan. Yeah. But there are fans of these characters, but they're in different kind of realms. Let me ask you this. You ever see somebody that's like out there and they're wearing like a Batman t-shirt? Oh, God, all Hold the on. time. All the time. Hold on. You ever just want to go up to him and be like, hey, you read the comic? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you motherfucker. What? Huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You reading the comic? Right. No, we shouldn't think like that, but though. But we do. We, we do. We shouldn't fucking think like that, though. That happened to me like two days ago. I do it, too. Yeah. I'm like, that motherfucker does yeah. not know a thing about well, Batman. Like, people's gonna- you take that shirt off. <laughs> and then he takes the shirt off. Yeah. And like, right there in front of you and, and then drops it in the tra- nearest dumpster. And I'm like, thank you. Thank you. Don't ever do that again. <laughs> but yeah, it happened to me two days ago. Somebody had a bat symbol on a car and I'm right. driving behind him. I'm like, this fucking guy. You are a mockery. <laughs> yeah. Batman wouldn't put a symbol on his car <laughs> like that. <laughs> Unless it was a Batmobile. <laughs> but clearly it was a truck. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I mean, I don't know. It's, you know. Let's be honest. I mean, I guess we do think it, but there shouldn't be. There shouldn't be. We There shouldn't be. We should be more inviting. Yeah. And that's the thing. I think it has – I think it, things have changed that way because, like, I'll be talking to, like, a new group of people and they'll bring up certain things and then I'll start talking about the comic books and the great runs on comic books. I could be a snooty motherfucker – 
and be like, you know, like ah, anytime you talk to somebody and they're like, eh, those people that don't own TV sets. Right. I don't know. Or like people. <laughs> I don't have a cell phone. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I don't need a cell phone. And like, I mean, I get it. You know, whatever. Like you, all your food's organic. That's wonderful. <laughs> That's good. So you think. Yeah, yeah so you think. <laughs> all your food's organic. You know what I mean? Just you don't have to push it on me. Right. But you know what? Like if you're going to talk about Batman, yeah, I might bring up a comic book. But right. I'm not going to try to come off snooty. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of the problem is – I'm just happy to talk about Batman to somebody. Exactly. I look at it as, a, as an opportunity to bring somebody into the comic book. Right. And I think that's why people get pissed or, or they have a separation. They say right. these guys don't know as much as me, so I'm the true fan. Yeah. It's because we're an antisocial group. Why does it fucking make you angry though? It's it's because we can't talk to them personally, yeah. I think, because I'm like that. I'm an antisocial guy and I feel like I have so much to say about Batman, but I can't talk to that dude with the Batman shirt on. But you could. He probably wants to hear what you have to say See, about I'm, it. He I, might actually learn something. I'm not antisocial. Right. You're different in that regard. I can I'm totally, very antisocial. I just, shit. I can, like, I, you know, I can just start talking to a new group and I don't give a fuck. I'll right. just say whatever the fuck I want to. And that's how it should be. It's how it should be. Yeah. But, you know, I will be honest. I still find myself in situations where, like, I am kind of trepidatious about bringing up comics. Yeah. But you, I, I still do it, though. I still do it. And I still have people like hanging on my every word sometimes because they want to know more about the lore. Right. You know? So. Well, it does hurt when you do that though and the person doesn't really care after you've mm-hmm. explained it all. Like I've had girlfriends that are like, I love comics. Yeah. No, you don't. No, you don't. And then you start talking to them. All right. I can be right. myself. I'm going to talk to you about it. And then an hour or two goes by and yeah. they're like half asleep. Once you like, get to the zombie dong conversation, <laughs> right. they're just like, Oh, they're, they're fucking out. Yeah. Even though it's a joke, it's dead serious. Right. It's dead serious. <laughs> And you fall asleep. <laughs> you don't care. You don't care. And it's always shortly over. They always care at first. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. I'm so into it. I'm so into it. <laughs> yeah. But it's not just girls. It's guys, too. Like I said, it's usually a guy that I see with some shirt on. I'm like, take that shit off. You fucking <laughs> but it shouldn't be that way. It no, shouldn't. it shouldn't. It shouldn't. But if I was more social, I'd be like, cool, dude. Yeah. Nice shirt. Let's talk about it. Just bit. because, I, okay, let's say you can say, like, oh, I'm a true fan because I got into this thing, like, from the ground floor. But the truth of it is, it's like, maybe I didn't hear about it. Maybe I just didn't hear about this thing when it first came out. But now that I've heard about it, I'm into it. Yeah. And I want to learn more. It doesn't make you any more of a true fan just because you fucking found out about it sooner than me. Yeah. You know, whatever. I was lucky in that I, it, when I saw comics as a, a kid, my mom's like, yeah, you can get one of those. Batman, I'm sure it happened a lot of times where they're like, no, you can't read those. Right. Batman came out 75 years ago. Yeah. It's not like I wasn't around 75 years ago. Right. So for me to say, oh, I, you know, I love, or you to say like, oh, I love Batman. And then some fucking like 85 year old guy comes up you to do your door. Fuck you don't know. Take that shirt off. Take that shirt <laughs> off. I was around when Bob Kane put out the first issue of Batman. You cocksucker. <laughs> Get off my lawn. You want to talk about dark. <laughs> <laughs> I'll show you the darkness, son. Yeah, well, it's true, though. It's true. And I would love to talk to people that actually were there with Bob Kane. I love Bob Kane's Batman. The original. Oh, fuck. Something about it, man. Something about it. But you're right. I mean, there is a separation, unfortunately. I guess we all kind of have that. Right. It would be best if we didn't. But, yeah, yeah, I I would say there's probably people that believe they are the true fans. Yeah. And some of them have earned that, I guess, you know. Yeah, I mean – you know, I I, I think uh, if you are, if you do consider yourself a quote unquote true fan, 
the next time you have a uh, opportunity to talk to somebody about, you know, one of these uh, different characters or a different comic book story or, or whatever it may be, uh, you know, Tron, Dune, whatever, don't make them feel any less important. Yeah, that turns people off. Just, yeah, I mean, just share your knowledge. That's why a lot of people walk out of comic book stores with nothing. Yeah. Because the comic book store owner or the people in there just kind of like look down upon them because they don't know where to go. Yeah. So. I'm not even going to waste my time answering this kid's question. Right. Hey, tell me about Grendel and Matt Wagner. Right. No. They're yeah. in that box over there. Yeah. Yeah, go check that bin. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> 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 but it's true, you know, I think all the things I discovered, I discovered on my own. It would have yeah. been nice if they would have actually helped and oh. it wasn't so fucking intimidating. Yeah, everybody needs a fucking Mr. Miyagi. Right. You know? Yeah, for sure. Daniel didn't know anything about fucking, like, uh, karate. Yeah. He had he had Pat Morita. And look at him now. Why can't you be my comic book Pat Morita, motherfucker? <laughs> yeah, no shit. That's all I'm asking. Yeah. Not in a creepy way either, guys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> guys that we run into in the arcade that are like 30 plus. Yeah. Let me talk to you about comics, son. <laughs> no, I'm not talking about those guys. <laughs> Someone your own age, maybe a little bit older. Right, right. Uh, our next email comes from listener Wolfgang Crump. Uh, who's been, actually, he's been listening to us for a while. Um, I remember getting an email from him and he sent us some artwork that I actually posted a couple of them on our page. But, uh, Wolfgang, Wolfgang, he says, Hey, pop culture leftovers. And I think he's from England. Oh, cool. Yeah. That makes him special. <laughs> that makes him more special than our other listeners because you're all American. Accent's a lot hotter over Totally. There. <laughs> totally. He says, Hey, pop culture, hey, pop culture leftovers. Just want to say thanks to your podcast and all your... No, I'm not going to do that. He says, hey, Pop Culture Leftovers, just want to say thanks to your podcast and all your new posts. I love hearing you guys talk. It's medicine for my day, and it picks me up from my many downs. Like listening to your review of Spider-Man, and I still have not seen the film, but you guys are just good company, so I thought, fuck it. Huge DC fan here. I really want that Wonder Woman film and even want a new Catwoman film. I know the last solo Catwoman film was a disaster, but I think they could make a great film and even throw in Batman as a sub-character. DC could make way more of the Batman universe. And I guess they are now with, uh, and I guess they are now with Gotham, but they could amp it up even more. Anyway, that was my little take on it. I just want more decent female comic characters on film. Hope you guys are great. Love to you, and thanks for the excellent work. Batman Forever, Wolfgang Crumb. Jesus. So thank you, Wolfgang. Man, I'm, that's very nice. Well, I know, like, I remember he sent us, and he probably doesn't even think I remember this, but I remember a lot of our listeners and a lot of your emails, and I remember a lot of, like, little things about you. But I remember he used to talk about painting, uh -huh. and he would listen to us while he paints. Oh. And he sent me a couple pictures of his paintings, and I, uh, one was Batman, one was Spider-Man, and I actually posted them on our page. Very cool. But I, I remember you, Wolfgang, and I really appreciate you listening. So uh, what we're going to do now is we're going to take a break. We're going to come back, and we're going to start off with Good Pop, Bad Pop. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, these beats are so fresh. Snap. 
Hey, welcome back to Pop Culture Leftovers. Um, let's see here. Well, all right. So throughout the show, we can rate things. And if this is your first time listening, we do have a unique rating system. And I will let this angelic British man explain how ours works. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. All right, so that is our rating system. So toss it, taste it, and Tupperware. And let's see here. So I think we should get started with uh, uh, our good pop, bad pop of the week. Sounds good. Once again, if you've never listened to the show, uh, good pop, bad pop is where we talk about the things that we watched or read the previous week that we liked or did not like. It's time for more leftover reviews with good pop, bad pop. All right, let's see here. I'm going to start off with a couple things uh, that I wanted to talk about. There's an attraction in New York City that's getting a lot of buzz lately, and it's called Escape the Room. Uh, the name actually sounds like a bad date I was on once. <laughs> Honestly, I got back to her place and instantly wanted to leave. Yeah. Absolutely a nightmare. But you couldn't. I didn't. I didn't leave. Yeah. I, yeah. Just being nice. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's a long story. I'll tell you about it off air. Okay. <laughs> All right. I got a couple. <laughs> <laughs> Escape the Room. It's actually an interactive game in New York City, and it challenges players to escape from a locked room by solving a series of puzzles before times run out. So it's 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 an interactive game. You're actually in this room. Now, wow. Uh, the game's Manhattan venue, it includes three rooms to choose from, a spy thriller room, a Sherlock Holmes-style parlor, and an office. Hmm. An office. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You get like, out of the office. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to your job. Get but, the, how do you get the fuck out? Is it like the Matrix or something? <laughs> I don't know. It could be. Yeah, maybe. It's all like fluorescent lighting and like a call center and you just got to leave work. <laughs> Is this secret recruitment for S.H.I.E.L.D., you think? See, oh, I don't you know. I think maybe they're testing people. They're testing. It could be. It could be. It could be like Men in Black where they run them through the testing and stuff. Yeah, you're yeah. chosen. You're chosen. I knew it. That'd I knew awesome. I would be. That'd be awesome. <laughs> I, I, I just think it's so weird. A spy thriller room. Yeah. Awesome. Catherine Zeta-Jones. A, sh- a Sherlock Holmes-style parlor. That's pretty cool. Amazing. Yeah. And an office. <laughs> <laughs> it's like... <laughs> Is this like based on the NBC show? <laughs> yeah, how to get out with Dwight there. Yeah, right. Uh, Escape the Room was created by Victor Blake, and uh, Escape the Room it's located at twenty five West Thirty First Street, the eleventh floor, between Broadway and Fifth Avenue. Hmm. Uh, tickets are twenty eight dollars, and you can get reservations at escapetheroomnyc.com. So, if any of our listeners are in that area. I want to check it out. Check it out. You know, let us know what your experience was like. Yeah, especially that office experience. <laughs> yeah, definitely choose the office. <laughs> I want to see how intense that is. What is going on? I'm sold on the other ones. Yeah, spy thriller room. Yeah, Sherlock Holmes style parlor. Why is the office a situation? And an office. <laughs> it's like. Is there like an exit sign? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like you just walk out the door. You don't know where the exit is. I guess <laughs> maybe, maybe, the, maybe the boss 
uh, what's his name? Bill, uh, what's Bill it? Lumberg. Lumberg. <laughs> yeah, every time he tried to get out, he's like, hey. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to need you to stay. Um, <laughs> How to avoid your three bosses in an office situation, I that guess. That would be great. Yeah. I'm going to need you to fax this before you leave. And those TPS reports. Yeah. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Um, I also I want to talk about a uh, really cool digital comic book promotion going on right now where you can get a ton of cool comic books in digital form for a really low, low price. I was really amazed by this deal. Um, it's, it's a total Tupperware in my opinion. Uh, it's called The Humble Bundle, and it's from Image Comics. Uh, here's some more information about The Humble Bundle. Humble Bundle and Image Comics are teaming up to bring you sweet comics from some of today's hottest series, including Walking Dead, Saga, Revival, Chew, East of West, Lazarus, Morning Glories, and Fatal. Introducing the Humble Image Comics Bundle. It's pay what you want, DRM free, a wide array of formats and helps charity. Pay over $15 and get The Walking Dead Volume 1 for those that haven't read the comics yet. And for you diehard fans, the latest collection, The Walking Dead Volume 20. Beat the average price and receive Saga, winner of 2013's Best Graphic Story Hugo Award. Revival. Officer Cypress must solve a brutal murder, and everyone alive or undead is a suspect. Chew, a twisted tale about cops, crooks, cooks, cannibals, and clairvoyance. Pay any price and receive East of West. The four horsemen of the apocalypse roam the earth, signaling the end times for humanity. Lazarus, in a dystopian near future, forever Carlisle defends her family's holdings through deception as their Lazarus. Morning Glories. Morning Glory Academy is one of the most prestigious prep schools, but behind its hallowed doors, something sinister lurks. Fatal, a tale that darkly blends crime noir with unnamed Lovecraftian horrors. And don't forget, a customizable portion of your purchase will be going to support the comic book Legal Defense Fund. So head on over to HumbleBundle.com. This promotion won't last forever, so please tell your friends. Tweet about it, Facebook share it, like the video on YouTube, and help everyone learn what all the plus is about by sharing us on Google. All right, so it's called The Humble Bundle. Uh, you can go to HumbleBundle.com. By the time... Oh, man... By the time this comes out, I think that, that you've only got a few hours to actually get in on this. Oh, shit. So that's why I'm talking about it now. But I know that they're going to offer stuff in the future. We'll talk about that. But <clears throat> over 60 issues of digital comic books contained within uh, 12 collections. The Humble Bundle Image Comics Bundles features 12 publications of panel-based storytelling from talented authors and illustrators. Name your price for the first five volumes of East of West, Lazarus, Morning Glories, and Fatal. Wow. Contribute more than the average, and I think the average last time I checked was like $10.17. If you contribute more than the average, you also receive the first volumes of Revival, uh, which I, okay, going back, I'm reading East of West. It's really good. It's Jonathan Hickman. Lazarus is Greg Rucka, and that's a fucking great book. Started off cool. kind of slow, but it's amazing. Uh, Fatal, that's Ed Brubaker. Oh, so okay. if you like Ed, Bra- Ed Brubaker, he, he created like the Winter Soldier story in Cap. 
uh, or if you even like, if you've been reading fucking, uh, oh, what's the book he's doing now? Velvet. It's fantastic. Yeah, Velvet's cool. Um, contribute more than the average. You also received the first volumes of Revival. Revival is fantastic. I Still love done. Revival. <sighs> Who is doing the writing for, for Revival? It's a good question. I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, it's ba- Revival. Let me try to what like the synopsis basically for Revival is. There's this town, and within this town. And I think it's like in Wyoming, mm-hmm. all of a sudden people come back to life. Like people that have been dead are right. now back to life. And everybody, it's almost, it's like they're not zombies per se. They don't look like they're decaying, but they do kill. Right. And uh, the one minute they'll be acting normal. The next minute they'll be acting weird and huh. crazy. And there's also like this weird science fiction element of like these white looking spirits ghost looking alien things cool. that walk around like in the forest. Like every once in a while you'll catch one of those things walking around. So it's like, what do they have to do with all this? And it's just a really cool story. Like the whole city is kind of like blocked off from the rest of the world. Cause they don't want this thing to spread. Right. And so like, it's all self-contained kind of like under the dome without the dome. Yeah. Um, chew, which is a book by John Lehman, which is about a detective that has like this super, it's like a weird ability. He he can eat something and when he eats it, he can tell you like the whole story of like where it came to be. So if he ate a piece of steak, he could tell you about how this cow grew up all the way up until the cow's demise, (laughs) which is a very weird power. (laughs) Right. So when he took over detective comics, a lot of people were joking that, you know, Batman is going to start eating, (laughs) you know, like people and figuring out murders. Um, but yeah, he can eat parts of a person's body and then tell you how they died. So it's a cool book. Uh, the Manhattan Projects, which is a Jonathan Hickman book, and then Invincible, which is Kirkman's other baby. Uh, plus volumes one and two of one of my favorite books, Saga. Yeah. So, yeah, Brian K. Vaughn's Saga. As an added bonus, uh, we will also include, they also include volume one, issues one through six, and volume 20, issues 115 through 120 of The Walking Dead for those who pay $15 or more. Volume one for those who never read the graphic novel before, and then the newly released volume 20 for the diehard fans. So you pay what you want, purchase separately. This comic collection would cost over $106. Damn. Hell of a deal. But uh, they're letting you, they're actually letting us, the reader, set the price of these digital comics. Um, so, in my opinion, th- this is a great deal. Uh, you can, uh, I know it's for a limited time, and by the time you guys see this, there might be only be a day or a few hours left to get in on this deal. But they offer deals, and you can get signed up to be on their newsletter and, and get updates of the new deals that come out from Humble, Humble Bundle just by going to humblebundle.com. So I think that's that's an awesome deal if you're wanting to get into comics and get like the first trades of these books and then go on from there. That's incredible. Every company should be doing that. And it goes to charity. Yeah. The Comic Book Legal Defense Fund, which is pretty awesome. Highly necessary. Absolutely. Yeah. What do you got for us, Jay, for Good Pop, Bad Pop? Um, just something that was kind of fun that I stumbled upon this week. Um, you know, normally we've talked about this before. We... We all listen to music on this show, but we don't necessarily talk about it because it's not something that you can really talk about on a podcast necessarily and it be exciting yeah. or entertaining. You can't really talk about an album necessarily and really explain it to people over Unless the you play the song. Yeah, and we can't play any songs because yeah. we don't have the rights to them. We do it all the time. Though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, another part of that is like, 
you know, when MTV was on, I always used to watch MTV because I, I wanted to see the interviews with the band. You do know MTV's still on. I know. But it's not, you know, it's, it's not, not MTV. Yeah. It's not the MTV we grew up with. No. The music videos, they yeah. happen at like one in the morning to like maybe four in the yeah. morning. <laughs> so, you know, that was kind of my introduction to, you know, who are these people that actually make the music? They'd have them on. They'd talk about albums. Maybe they'd stay a whole block of videos and talk about what they liked and, you know, what they were watching. But, you know, even back then and, and today even in interviews, it's not it's not really interesting to hear from musicians because you hear the same shit all the time. You know, somebody's interviewing a musician. You hear the same thing they already told somebody else earlier or whatever. Yeah, that album's great, and I'm inspired by this, this, and this. But in this case, and this is something I'm going to be following because I really enjoyed it, is Kids Interview Bands. Uh, and it's kidsinterviewbands.com. It's uh, two seventh graders. This launched in August of 2012. And so it's two, these two little girls, and you know they probably don't listen to any of these bands, but they've interviewed Slayer, uh, you know, Macedon, Insane Clown Posse, Queens of the Stone Age, Pixies, right. you know, asking them questions like, "Who's your favorite Muppet?" Yeah, you know, they have a, the Slayer interview. I, I urge everybody to check out the Slayer interview because they interview Tom Herrera, uh, the lead singer of Slayer. And how, how is this available? It's it's only online as far as the interviews that I've seen so far, and, okay. I, and I don't know if they're all on. So there. it's a web page, like a website. They have their own site, yeah. yeah. Kidsinterviewbands.com. Okay, and you can find them on YouTube too. You can watch right. their interviews, and it's so great because you know somebody like Tom Herrera, he's going to answer differently to kids than he's going to answer to adults, yeah. and that's how all of it is. Is like. You're not going to bullshit a kid. So even though they're asking them stupid, not stupid questions, but a question a kid would ask somebody, yeah. well, who's your favorite Muppet? Yeah. They go in depth. These guys are just like, well, you know what? <laughs> you know, let me really think about that. And they, and it really is insightful yeah. into these people as real people. Cause you know, like I said, you're not going to bullshit a kid. And it's kind of one of those moments where it's like, you think of yourself. And the answers you would give to an adult as opposed to a kid. If a kid was asking you the same question. Right. Or if you were asking yourself questions as a kid. That's funny. Like, hey, dude, what are you doing now? It's a cool days? concept. Yeah. And so Did was, the kids think of this or is who, who, who's the brain behind this? I, I don't know if it was their parents or what. Right. You know, it, it could just be because, because they're just seventh grade kid. They don't, they don't really, they're not yeah. into this music. They've said that they don't know if they're going to do this forever, right. but they're doing it now and it's been a lot of Since fun. Since we're talking about Jay, who's your favorite Muppet? That's tough. That is a tough question. Yeah. I don't know. Right. Um, I'm going with Gonzo. Gonzo's pretty great. Um, I've always been a fan of Grimace, though, myself, and the Hamburglar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're Muppets, right? Well, if you had to choose between one of the two. Grim- Grimace. Going with Grimace. What the, fuck, what the fuck's Grimace? What is he? He's what you get after you eat McDonald's, I guess. <laughs> Can we get sued for that? He, he on a, Grimace actually looks like a giant purple butt plug. <laughs> right. You're going to have to. Right. And it's going to cause some grimacing. Right. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, this, like I said, I work at a record store. I don't fucking listen. I don't read Rolling Stone and all that shit. Maybe. Oh, I haven't read Rolling Stone in like 15 years. I don't care what these people have to say to these reporters, but what they say to these kids is really fun, really insightful. 
And, uh, you know, these two girls are cute as fuck. It's just really fun watching them interact. And the musicians' answers, you're like, I can't believe this guy is acting like that. But it's their normal selves. They're not acting like somebody. They're not acting like this big rock star. Yeah. And it's really a fun, humbling, like, look at these people. And it was really fun. That's cool. Yeah, I'm definitely, I'm actually intrigued. I want to check that out. Yeah. So what's what's the website called again? Kidsinterviewbands.com. All right, yeah, check that out. That's pretty awesome. Um, I talked about a new show coming out on Showtime called Seven Deadly Sins, hosted by Morgan Spurlock yes. a few weeks ago. And I turned on CNN and I saw that he's doing a show right now that got uh, got away from me. I didn't even see that he was doing it. It's called Inside Man. Okay. And uh, I have watched three episodes so far, and it is great. I love it. Uh, he goes inside on some really cool subjects. Uh, each one has like a different subject. Um, I uh, watched his episode where he became a member of the paparazzi <laughs> and learned some really interesting and sometimes disturbing facts about the paparazzi. I bet, yeah. Uh, he looked into how much can a photographer make doing this line of work. Uh, how they track down these celebrities. I mean, they'll get phone calls from people that work at the airport. Oh, wow. And even people on the planes that work for the airline, letting the paparazzi know where the flight is headed and what terminal to expect these celebrities at. Jeez. Kim Kardashian has a deal worked out with some of the paparazzi to where she actually makes 50% of the profit when some of her pictures are quote-unquote leaked. Oh, yeah, I believe that. So they're making money. Yeah. That's how – okay, because Kim Kardashian, I mean they even talked about this. She does nothing. She has no uh, talent at right, all. I right. mean it's based on like her celebrity being like uh, in this family, the Kardashian family. And so to keep herself in the spotlight, it's all about her being in the tabloids. Right. So I mean that's how she makes her money. <sighs> and she's actually making money off the paparazzi. They've got like a deal worked out. I thought it was crazy. I didn't know that, but it makes sense. That's unfortunate. <laughs> um, he did an episode on futurism, which uh, it explored man's obsession with like living forever. Yeah. Like how can you, how can we live forever? I don't want to die. You know, cheating death. Right. Uh, he spoke to doctors on how you can increase your life expectancy, you know, getting all, you know, pills and all this stuff and how you can increase your life expectancy to get to the point where science actually gets us to get to the point where you're actually at the point where science has gotten us to be, uh, taking us to that point where we can live forever. Yeah. Uh, and he even talked to scientists that are exploring ways of manipulating our DNA before we're even born to make sure that we have no genetic disorders. Mm-hmm. So like our, our DNA is made up of A, B, C, and D code. And so if like one of these, like, you know, uh, like let's say there's a B where it shouldn't be, they can eliminate that and put in a C. Very Gattaca. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, that way, you know, before your child is even born, you know, he's not going to be prone to like type two diabetes or something. Yeah. Because you were, you know, you, you, you played a part in that. You and the science played a part in that. Yeah. And what, what's funny to me is that some people are like, they're going to create a bunch of Nazis <sighs> when they do this. No, not necessarily. Like, yes, you could do that probably with this line of thinking, but there is a lot of things we should probably get rid of. Yeah. You know what I mean? Diabetes, these, these terminal things, these diseases that we, you know, we're constantly treating and treating, but we're not actually curing. Yeah. If you can bite it at the source and get rid of it, why is that such a bad thing? They need to figure out what the asshole gene is. Exactly. So we can get rid of assholes because there's tons of them out there. Yeah. 
But then somebody's going to be like, well, get rid of the jokesters then. Yeah. Well, if they got rid of the assholes, I probably wouldn't be doing this podcast. Right, yeah, I'm a dick. Yeah, me too. (laughs) Um, They're looking into ways, like scientists are looking into ways to take our consciousness and like upload it into a virtual world. Yes. Where we can live forever in this virtual world, kind of like Lawnmower Man or that movie Transcendence. Yep. Uh, Morgan Spurlock then actually used one of these virtual reality headsets to show how it worked, and it was really cool. He put on a headset, and you could still see the room he was in, the uh-huh. actual room he was in. Like when he put the headset on, like you saw this room. When he put the headset on, you could still see the room. The only thing that was different in it was the floor now had a big hole in it. <laughs> With just a wooden plank that was connecting one side of the room to the other side. Oh, wow. They told him, and he knew that there, it was complete floor. They told him to walk from one side of the plank to the other side of the plank. And even though Morgan knew that there was a real floor there, his eyes made sure his brain still felt fear and seeing that this, because he saw this huge hole in the floor. Yeah. And they asked him to walk off the plank. <laughs> And he really started to like giggle nervously and he did not want to do it. Wow. That's how scary <laughs> it looked. When he did, he actually felt as if he was falling. Holy shit. But he was standing in place. Then after that whole simulation, they had him do a flight simulator uh-huh. where he was flying around. They had him put his arms out, fly like he was Superman. Oh, cool. And they asked him to fly into a building. And when he flew into the building, he was in another world where he was underwater and swimming. Yeah. And it was really cool to watch. Um, I don't know, Jay, have you seen any of the advances in virtual reality lately? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the Oculus Rift and all that Oculus. stuff. Oculus. Oculus Rift. Yes. Yeah, all that stuff is totally amazing. People discounted that for years, like, oh, that's dead. Virtual reality's dead. Yeah, but what they've done with Oculus Rift is, like, they've taken the people that are really passionate about the project, taken all these people, these great minds, and put them all together in one uh, one company that's yeah. actually, you know, developing the technology. They're, they're understanding that you you can trick a person into believing that they're actually in that kind yeah. of reality. You can yeah. do that, you know. Right. It, it is very kind of scary and matrixy too that, yeah. you know, what is this real? <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, what, you put the headset on and it's like you're looking through a pair of binoculars. There's two screens, one for your left, one for your right. Yeah. You know, and uh, it, it, they're, right now they're uh, Oculus uh, Virtual Reality, they're developing a uh, reality gaming headset for consumer use yeah uh, it's not yet released but they are working on it and they have actually taken technologies the technology to san diego comic-con and had people use it and i hear these simulators are amazing it's it's the first person shooter games that are going to be awesome to use with this technology yeah i i've even seen clips of a fantasy game where you're on this ledge and you're looking down on this like rock fire monster. Oh shit. And he's battling against like armored characters. Whew. And it's like a World of Warcraft type game. And here you are, like all you can see, your entire peripheral, no matter where you turn, all you can see is this world that you're immersed in. And they're also going to incorporate this into the way that we watch movies. Oh, absolutely. Into the future and, and TV. So let's say you're watching the new Godzilla movie. At home, and at the end of the movie, or on like the Blu-ray, uh, on the Blu-ray, there might be like a Godzilla experience extra feature, where you're actually in a scene from the Godzilla movie, and you can freely walk around and watch him destroy the city. Yeah, the possibilities are endless. Um, you can see all of this at 
oculusvr.com. But I was thinking like, what about like, um, like, let's say you're watching TV, just like regular TV and you've got like, you know, you're watching, let's say you're watching Jimmy Kimmel or, you know, Jimmy Fallon and they've got like the home audience. Yeah. Put you in the audience. You're actually in the audience, but you're there like via virtual, virtual presence. Yeah. And so like Jimmy Fallon can be like, Oh, okay. This is our, you know, this is our Oculus VR crowd. Right. And he can actually talk to you and interact with you on the show while you're, it feels like you're watching from the studio. Yeah. And you're, and he can actually interact with you throughout this. Can you imagine that? That's going to be the next step, you know, and like, okay, you can't make it to New York to watch a play. Right. But you can pay to go. You can pay to go and virtually, virtually, yeah. and it's like you're there. And you can turn around and look to your right, and you can actually see people that are there. Yeah. They can do that with any concert, any mm-hmm. musical concert, if you can't make it. I mean, that's a lot a Lot for me is like most of our shows go to Chicago. I don't have time, you know, with work to go up to Chicago to see all the bands I yeah. want to see. But that'd be fucking great. Wow. The possibilities right are endless on this, man. Just be sitting in your home. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and if you have to, like, get up and get something to eat, get you can naked, do that. Take your clothes Yeah, on. exactly. <laughs> Zombie dick. Okay, <laughs> but it's it's pretty cool. But yeah, uh, the show it's called uh, Inside Man. It's on CNN. It's with Morgan Spurlock. It's great. It's on Sundays at ten Eastern and nine Central. Very cool. Yeah. Love Mor- Morgan Spurlock. I do too. I didn't know he got a divorce. Ooh, yeah. I didn't know. Do a show on that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I, I, His uh, wife was always in the in the thirty day. She was in thirty days. She was also yeah. in. Uh, she was in Super Size Me too. Wow, yeah, that's unfortunate. Uh, I also wanted. I saw a trailer for a comedy coming out in on August thirteenth, and it's called Let's Be Cops, hmm. and it's starring Jake Johnson from Fox's New Girl, and Damon Wayans Jr. also from New Girl. Both of these guys are hilarious. Mm-hmm. And yes, Damon's, Damon Wayans Jr. is the son of Damon Wayans. Oh, really? From, yeah, <laughs> from In Living Color. But no, don't, don't let that name just like, oh, okay, he's just famous because of his father. He's funny. Is he? He's cool. actually hilarious. All the Wayans are funny. Well, Damon Wayans Jr. was in a great show. It was called Happy Endings and it lasted about three seasons on ABC. Mm-hmm. If it's on Netflix, I would highly recommend that you watch it. It's hilarious. The whole cast was just phenomenal. Uh, the show was close to being canceled after the first season. So Damon Wayans Jr., he did a pilot for a show called New Girl. Then Happy Endings, it got renewed, so he left New Girl. Happy Endings then gets canceled after this uh, third season. And so in the coolest move ever, Fox brings him back onto New Girl and so I'm so glad they did. He's a great addition to that show. Uh, he's really one of the, it's really one of the best comedies on TV, in my opinion. Um, which brings me to this movie that looks absolutely hysterical. And I want everyone to watch the trailer. It's called Let's Be Cops. Uh, in a day and age where there's like people, we, like people just drop money on fucking Adam Sandler movies still. Yeah, they do. And, and they're not, gro- they're not good. They're very mediocre. Yeah. Uh, I really want people to take a chance on something new with, with faces you might not recognize. So uh, I'm going to read the synopsis. Two struggling pals dress as police officers for a costume party and become neighborhood sensations. But when these newly minted heroes get tangled in a real-life web of mobsters and dirty detectives, they must put their fake badges on the line. The movie, 
I'm a huge fan of both these guys, and I really want this movie to do well. The trailer is hysterical. It's hilarious. And it shows like how like these guys they put on this costume and people treat them differently. Oh yeah, the like, kids skateboarding. They're like stop and like he fl- flips off the skateboard, <laughs> and they even go to the point where like they they fucking buy a police car and they like totally get it redone and painted. It looks just pristine, like an actual cop car. Yeah. They're driving around the cop car. They go into a fucking club. People love them because they're like the cool cops. People are buying them shots. <laughs> It, the movie looks absolutely hysterical. So watch the trailer for Let's Be Cops, and I'm sure in August I'll give my review of the film. I love that because I always wanted to be the cool cop. Yeah. and you know, I, yeah. People wouldn't know this about me, but I, wa- I always wanted to be a cop. I always wanted to be the cool cop. Though. <laughs> the cop that everyone's like, hey, there's that guy. Yeah. He's awesome. <laughs> when you go to Subway, they give you the free sandwich. Yeah. Thanks for your service. You get the free coffee. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What do you got, Jay? Um, uh, just wanted to briefly, uh, bring up, we were talking about Godzilla earlier. Um, there's a Godzilla prequel, um, graphic novel coming out. Um, as we all know, it's coming out in theaters May 16th. Um, but this is going to be a, it's not necessarily, a a book you have to read to understand where the movie's coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's going to be an 80 page book. And it, some of it is going to uh, connect with the film, but you know they're saying you don't necessarily have to read this to understand. Pacific it. Rim did the same thing. Yeah, they had a prequel book. Yeah, this is called Godzilla Awakening, and it's basically kind of exploring um, the the main character, one of the main characters besides Brian C- Cranston's character, the uh, the military uh, Asian. Uh, character that's in this movie, Ken Watanabe, right? Who's who's uh you know kind of has a history with this beast and kind of understands where he comes from and what it's all about. So right. this is going to be exploring a little bit about him um, and kind of really tying together a lot of the history of what Godzilla is and what it means. Um, you know, Godzilla has changed over the years as far as what it means uh, to humanity, whether it be you know. It's it, it basically pertains to disasters, but whether that's nuclear or natural disasters or whatever horrible thing was happening in humankind, right? Uh, this is kind of what Godzilla has always been, and so they're you know they've that's kind of what this book is too. It's kind of really exploring that as well. Um, we saw a new trailer this week, or at least what's I the did, title? Uh, Godzilla Awakening. Okay. Um, and it's by, uh, Eric, illustrated by Eric Battle and a couple of other, uh, other a- artists, including, uh, cover art by Arthur Adams. Oh, Which cool. we all know him. Yeah. Um, and it's a, it's, it's a standalone story. Like I said, um, if you're a fan of Godzilla, just check it out. If you want it to see what, how it ties into the movie, check it out. Um, I'm going to definitely be checking it out. I'll probably review it on the show here. Awesome. Um, you should do that next. Yeah. Is it coming out? Is it out now? It's coming out. I think it's coming out on Wednesday of next week. Awesome. Um, so I'll be picking that up. It's the first comic I've bought in a long time, but I'm so excited about this film that I do want to read a little yeah. bit about this. Um, we saw a new trailer this week. I just wanted to briefly bring that up as well. Very cool fucking trailer. Um, and this one was real quick. It wasn't a long, kind of drawn-out, dramatic trailer. But you see Godzilla coming out of the ocean. Or, or wherever it's at. I'm assuming it's the ocean. It's gotta be. He's coming out of the ocean and, you know, a there's, pond. there's, yeah, a, pond. a small pond. Yeah. And there's all these military. It looks like a Norman Rockwell painting. <laughs> yeah. And he's coming very out. Peacefully, very peaceful. Very peaceful. Very well tasteful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> very eloquent. 
He's anyway. He's he's kind of rising out Comes of the out water. And shakes himself like a yeah. dog. <sighs> it's like the pool scene in the M Night Shyamalan movie. No, it's like the it's like the pool scene at Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Right, kind of. Yeah, kind of. I mean, just as exciting for me at least. Yeah. <laughs> But there's there's these all kinds. Hopefully, of, Judge Reinhold isn't jacking it off, in it. <laughs> <laughs> looking at him out the window. Beautiful fuck. <laughs> no, uh. Sorry, I totally butcher every segment of yours, and I, I apologize. <laughs> so anyway, he's rising. He's rising. Oh, so, is, so is so is Judge Reinhold in that movie, and and, and Judd Apatow. <laughs> Judd Apatow. Yeah, why? But he is. <laughs> So he's rising out of the water, and it looks like uh, they're probably in New York or yeah. something. It looks like maybe the Golden Gate Bridge. I don't know. Right. Um, and he's rising out of the water. It's he, Golden Gate Bridge. Is it? Okay. Yes. And you see kind of you know his scales come up, the big back uh, fins that he has, uh-huh. and he just kind of stops and sits there. And uh, something happens, and then all hell breaks loose. All these military ships that are kind of in the harbor start shooting at it. Right. And he starts rising up a little bit more. And these missiles are uh, coming from these ships that are being tossed and turned by him coming out of the water. Right. And one of the rockets comes towards the bridge, towards a school bus of kids. And then you see Godzilla's fin rise up and block the rockets, and then you hear his roar. Oh shit! And that's the trailer. I haven't seen that one yet. <laughs> yeah. Did, have you seen the Godzilla Fiat commercial? No. Uh-uh. I actually posted it on Facebook. Like I was watching a movie, and they showed it, and I was like, "Oh, I need to post this on Facebook." You actually get some really good looks at fucking Godzilla in this Fiat commercial. Like he eats a bunch of cars, and then he finally gets to a Fiat car, and he eats it, and like he can't digest like, it, mm. so he spits it out. <laughs> the people drive away. Huh. So it, it 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 just it looked really really cool. Um, it looked totally like I wanted to to look him yeah. coming out of the fucking ocean like that, you know, because that's where he's been. You right. know, you can't hide something like that anywhere. Oh else. hell no. And, you know, all these things that are happening with the, the physicality of him coming out of the ocean and what happens because of that. But also showing that Godzilla's always been kind of a heroic kind of thing. You know what I mean? He destroys cities, but at the same time, you always root for him. Right. And stuff like that where he's saving these kids, you know, whether – I'm sure he didn't mean to. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know what he's thinking. Yeah. But yeah. he saves the kids and you're like, god damn it, I love Godzilla. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's the that's the crazy thing about Godzilla, man. Because yeah. he's not like a hero, but he's – Kind of is. I know, but he kind of yeah. is. Yeah. He's always been that exactly. way. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to bring that up because, you know, it's getting closer and closer. One week. Up. Yeah. I'm going to be seeing it on Friday, so yeah. uh, it's going to be uh, probably a toss it just right out the door. Yeah, right. I'm just going to say it right now. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> the early, there was an earlier view. I mean, the press has already seen it, and I think like uh, I, like somebody gave it like a 7.5 out of 10. Yeah. They said, you know, it started off kind of slow, and they didn't like uh, some of the acting in it, but hmm. – um, Fuck it, dude. It's fucking Godzilla. Yeah. I don't it, give a fuck what these critics say. It is an experience, and I think for the first time, we're really going to get the Godzilla experience. You know yeah. what I mean? Really watching it with today's technology and what they could do with movies and right. how we're going to see it in 3D and probably IMAX. It's, yeah. It will be an experience. What if you're like watching, and I can't even believe I'm going to say this, but like, what if you're watching this movie and like, you know, he rises out of the water? <laughs> Hold on, hold on. I can't even believe I'm going to go with this, but fuck it, whatever. It's my show. I can say whatever the fuck I want. Yeah. Okay, like you're watching it in like this huge epic moment. And then like, you know, he rises out of the water and all you can see is like this, like these huge Godzilla balls. <laughs> like this, like, like, this, like devastator. Like, like this huge, 
huge Godzilla right. scrot. You know, and like, 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 uh, you look over the people next to you, and like, it's it's really uncomfortable. You know, like, what do you, what do you, what do you do at that point? Like, what if that happened? Some people are going to be like, I thought that was very humorous <laughs> that they showed his balls. I was expecting a dead series. I'm tired of these dark movies, and they showed his balls, and I'm very excited about that. I just, I think it would be a very uncomfortable thing <laughs> for me. It would. I mean, like, he just has human balls. Like, and a like, penis. It would totally take me out of the movie. <laughs> it's, I mean, it didn't with Doctor Manhattan. You're like, well, the dude's naked. Well, yeah, but like, this is like, like you've got this, you know, scene of like, you know, him knocking down buildings and stuff like that, and people running, like, but. You know, like they show like this like scene where like people like kind of looking up. The whole time they're looking up, you just see this giant Godzilla dick. Right. And, and then balls. they shoot to Brian Cranston. Yeah. He's going to send us to the dark ages <laughs> with his balls. <laughs> Four stars. Very funny. Oh my God. I don't know why. I went. All right. I'm going to move. What if he's teabagging buildings? <laughs> <laughs> Teabag. Oh my god. Empire State Building? Teabag. Teabag. <laughs> he teabags Mount Rushmore. Yeah, in fact, that's the origin of his. <laughs> it's a very deep guttural right. kind of thing. <laughs> um, Alright, moving on. Gosh, Zombie Dong, Godzilla Dong. Dicks on the mind. Yeah. <laughs> Well, the, they say that, you know, a lot of people say that I know, at least, that the dick is the second brain yeah. of the human anatomy. Yeah. So yeah. everybody pretty much says that. Um, <laughs> I watched a little movie last weekend uh, by director Wes Anderson called The Grand Budapest Hotel. Lucky. Uh, it, of course, had most of the regular Wes Anderson players in it, uh, Adrian Brody, Jason Schwartzman, Owen Wilson, Edward Norton, Bill Murray. But it also had Jude Law. Mm-hmm. And mainly, uh, it focused on actor Ralph Fiennes, uh, character of Gustav. Uh, it also had some great scenes with Jeff Goldblum. Ooh. And a really dark performance by Willem Dafoe. Um, Willem Dafoe is really, really good in this movie. He has a very scary and intimidating presence every time he's on the screen. I like this movie. It's not my favorite Wes Anderson film, but it's definitely a movie I would watch again. Hmm. Uh, I thought it was one of the darker films he's ever done. And I know what you're thinking because, you know, his movies are, are, they're not really as dark as much as they are sometimes melancholy. Yeah. Uh, but this movie includes scenes of violence that it actually separates itself from his other films. I mean, nothing overly graphic. It, it wasn't as funny as Royal Tannenbaum's, but it, it did include some funny moments too. And probably the coolest looking sledding scene I've ever seen in a film ever. Uh, it didn't, uh, I, d- I didn't see this movie going the way it did at all. And, and it kind of took me by surprise. I enjoyed the bonding between Gustav and the concierge, uh, at this Grand Budapest Hotel and, uh, his lobby boy throughout the entire film. The, the, the Gustav, the concierge and, and the lobby boy, their relationship. It was just a great representation of loyalty between two people, uh, two characters that are completely different that form a bond, and it makes for a really good movie. I recommend this film if you're a fan of Wes Anderson. Uh, it's not going to be for everyone. So if you're not a big fan of Wes Anderson, I don't think you're going to like it, but I'm going to give it a strong taste of it. I really liked it. Is it is it driven by, uh, uh, you know, like – 
you know, he always has his style. Like you see mm-hmm. his movies, you're like, that's definitely a Wes Anderson movie. Does it still have that kind of artistic? Yes, it has you Yes, and like the soundtrack is it still the same kind of like the music makes a big difference? Yes. Okay. It's very Wes Anderson. It's it's only different in the fact that there are some scenes of violence, but it's not overly graphic at all. <laughs> right. Okay. I mean, you see. I don't know. I'm not going to get into it. Yeah, um, don't spoil it. I'm not going to spoil it. It's good. Definitely check it out. Willem Dafoe is fantastic in this. Cool. Um, going into it, I was I didn't know. I don't know. Some about Wes Anderson's films, like as I'm watching it, it's not like I'm just. I'm just. I, it's not like I'm sitting there the whole time like this is amazing. Yeah, yeah. But I'm just sitting there and thinking like, let's see where this goes. Yeah. I'm I'm totally invested. Like I'm watching and. And uh, I enjoy it. I don't know. I I always enjoy a West Ender, except for the the Life Aquatic. That's the only. I didn't really care for Life Aquatic. Yeah, I mean, Life Aquatic has kind of a deep message, I think, and I don't think everybody can relate to you know that story necessarily, or even understand his, I'm a, I'm his not, point of view yeah. on what that story Keep is. Keep me on the shallow end. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not a deep yeah. person at right. all. Right, but all his movies are kind of like that. They're, nobody, nobody's like, oh yeah, the guy talking about Godzilla's dick. Yeah. <laughs> he's, a, he's a real deep guy. Right, right. But yeah, Life Aquatic kind of had a a, a very artsy kind of take on something that he was trying to put across you know kind of like sofia coppola's like virgin suicides like not everybody's gonna understand that too you know the same kind of thing and um but yeah i mean in general i'm in the same boat i love his stuff oh man i'm glad i saw it it was the last week it was in theaters here i I caught it and i really enjoyed it yeah i'm gonna miss that until release all right here we go this next one i'm ashamed i'm even talking about so Every year it seems like I get suckered into watching a movie that I have little knowledge about, and it turns out to be something that I thought it wasn't. <laughs> a few years ago, I went and saw uh, the uh, M. Night Shyamalan's The Last Airbender. Yes. Uh, I guess M. Night Shyamalan's twist on this one was that it was a fucking kid's movie. Right. <laughs> and I had no idea. I just saw his name attached. I had no idea. I just saw the cool trailer and his name attached and thought it was going to be some gritty version of the cartoon. It looked like it from the trailers. No, I mean, at the beginning when they first started running this thing and it said Nickelodeon, I should have just walked the fuck around. (laughs) Yeah. Then last year, it was a movie that we reviewed called After Earth. Oh, yeah. With Will Smith and Jaden Smith. Also a kid's movie. Which turned out to be a fucking kid's movie. (laughs) And a really bad one at that. Yeah. This year, I went to see a movie that had two actors in it that I typically like. I went and saw a little movie that I really had no idea about before going into called Divergent. Ah. I thought I was going in to see a science fiction movie with two actors I really like and Shailene Woodley and Miles Teller, but I was tricked. This movie is the equivalent of taking a drink of apple juice and realizing somebody pissed in it. Oh. Damn. Damn. <laughs> like I said, it stars Shailene Woodley and Miles Teller, who I both loved in the movie The Spectacular Now. Yeah. You need to watch that, Jay. Yes, I do. The only thing spectacular about this movie was when they rolled the end credits on this two hour and twenty minute long two hour and twenty minute long pile of horse shit. <laughs> Why is it always horse shit, by it, the way? I don't know. I, that, I, that's my thing. There's worse shit than horse shit. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> 
Why do you think? Like, no, no. Okay, let's talk about horse shit. Yeah. People are like always complaining about cars and like all like the 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 fucking the footprint cars leave like the gas, the gas yeah, and yeah. like the carbon carbon monoxide and all that the the CFCs or whatever the fuck is out there. They destroy the ozone layer. Yeah. They they made cars because horse shit stunk. Right. <laughs> yeah. Pe- right. People were getting sick. That's where the term comes from. It smells like horse shit. Well, people were dying because yeah. of the horses. That's why they invented cars. Right. I, w- getting, I walked on this. I'm going to touch it and eat something. It was getting later. in water. People were getting dysentery. People yeah. were dying because of horses. Right. I, 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 what do you think is what is worse on the environment? A cow taking a shit or a fucking car? A car. You think that's worse? <laughs> yeah, probably. I, I think cows, I think cow, I think cow farting and, and, and horse shit and all that stuff is fucking it just as bad. Now I did date a girl in high school and every time I went to her house, she 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 had horses and and cows and stuff right. like that. But they would just not take their shoes off. And so there was there was poop all over the house. I mean, you could smell it. And it beautiful girl, hell of a right. girl, great girl. Yeah. House smelled like cat or, or cow poop and horse shit cuz they would just walk in it all day and be like that's no big deal. Wow. It's no big deal. It is a big deal. I'm glad that we don't have horse shit all over, all over the place anymore. Yeah. I mean, I guess if you locked yourself in the garage and turned the car on, you'd die. But right. I mean, fucking horse shit is disgusting. Yeah. We don't want it in our water or anywhere. Yeah. Really, except for maybe some fields and pastures. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm glad of the modern invention of the car. Yeah. Me too. So overall. Anyway, back to this piece of shit diversion. <laughs> What you get with the movie Divergent is you take the best things about movies like The Hunger Games and Inception, and then you turn it into a watered-down version of anything enjoyable. I've never read the books, but I can't imagine them being worse than this movie. The movie is a huge toss-it for me, and unless your girlfriend is promising you the blowjob of a fucking lifetime after you sit through this mind-numbing turd of a movie, then don't watch it. Yeah. If you ever buy a movie from Amazon and that site even suggests, if you like such and such movie, then you might also like Divergent. I strongly advise you to send a really hateful letter to Amazon. (laughs) This movie ranks right up there with the Twilight films and the Mortal Instruments. The acting's horrible. The story has promise. But the execution and the pacing were awful. The musical score is awful, and it reminds the like it reminds you that you're watching a movie that is supposed to be made for a 12 year old girl who likes ponies and Taylor Swift. Yeah, not men in their 30s that like Christopher Nolan and The Walking Dead. Right. Which, when you hear Divergent, you think totally it's going to be one of those kind of movies. Well, I saw Shailene Woodley attached, and, and Miles Teller, and I liked them, and. I knew it came from a book, and so I thought like this might be something that I because I never you know, I never followed any of like the reviews or anything like that, and I got suckered in. This it's, was it's weird. Horrible. It's weird how they don't tell people anymore that these are kind of meant for kids, I right? Mean, unless they just don't know it themselves. Yeah. Like, oh, this is this is adult <laughs> enough for our audience. And- <laughs> Everybody's acting was like I was watching somebody in like a like a CW drama. Yeah, it was really bad. Nothing worse than that. Like an hour in, I was like thinking, "Holy fuck! Oh my god, I got another hour and twenty minutes of this shit." Oh, that's the worst. And and, and like the the story kept like uh, different parts of the plot kept unfolding, just like After Earth. I'm like, where is this going? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And I kept waiting for her to become empowered and, and finally by the time, you know, she does become empowered, I don't care anymore. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, you're just like, and the execution of that was horrible. Oh my god, it was it was like watching it's just like watching a little kids movie. It's a huge toss it, and I hope that Shailene Woodley stops making these movies because she is a really great actress and she's got a lot of promise. But this was a gigantic turd. It was absolutely awful. Well, I'm glad you let people know before they wasted their time and money. I think, I think honestly, most of our listeners are smart enough to figure it out. I was just so out of the fucking loop on this film that I went in there blind. Yeah. Had no idea what I was going into. Yeah. And there's not much else out that sounds intriguing, but I would have seen that just based on the title alone. You know, yeah. sounds like something I'd like. Yeah. But, uh, let's take a quick break. We'll come back and finish a good pop, bad pop, but good I got pop, bad pop. Hey, we're back. We're going to finish off Good Pop, Bad Pop. Jay, you've got uh, something left on your Good Pop, Bad Pop. I do. Um, uh, uh, something else that I saw this week and that I'm pretty thrilled about seeing was the uh, – there was two new, actually, uh, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes trailers. Um, there was one new – uh, just American trailer, and then there was a new international trailer that kind of had some extended uh, parts to it. But they were both basically the same kind of situation. Um, <clears throat> and what was really cool about this, you know, to start out with, we see uh, Caesar on horseback. That was cool. With a couple of the other apes yeah. uh, that we know just from the That movies. was something that we heard about at San Diego Comic-Con that we were excited about. Yeah, and so they're riding these black stallions, which was very iconic. Um, and we see kind of their what's happened after the first movie where they're kind of living in a social structure. Uh-huh. Um, you have like schools even and stuff like that where, you know, uh, ape children are being taught how to, you know, learn and everything right. else, which was really cool. Um, and then we see uh, they go to the scene where this uh, this guy's out in the woods, <clears throat> and I don't know if he's a hunter or not. It looks like he's part of a hunter party. Yeah, there's like a party of a, yeah. just a few humans. And one, <clears throat> one guy runs into like, two other apes that look like they're also hunting in the right, forest. Right. And then basically he, he draws a gun on these yes. apes. And then all these apes come out of the woods. Stupid move. Yeah, very bad move. All these apes come out of the woods, and then you see Caesar and one of his, uh, you know, kind of right-hand man, mm-hmm. you know, guards or whatever, goes to lunge at this guy, and he stops him. And so they show that, which kind of hints at kind of what I think this movie is going to be about, is Caesar's struggle with... You know, where do we draw the line with these humans? Mm-hmm. Which is very weird. You know, this whole story, and even with Godzilla, is like mankind's ignorance and stupidity about nature. Yeah. And the dumb fucking moves they make. Um, you have Gary Oldman's character in this in this trailer um, giving his speeches, almost very kind of Hitlerian speeches about they've caused all these problems in our life. We need to come together because of the tragedies that these apes have caused. When right. it, it was a government-created virus that caused these problems, not sure. the apes. So it shows the ignorance of man, and they're going to go, basically, there's this faction with Gary Oldman. He's trying to hype up humanity after this tragedy, trying to bring them together over this tragedy, but bringing them together in the wrong way and saying that it's the apes' fault. We see a very touching scene of Caesar looking at an iPad, watching yeah. James Franco's... That's got to be like he gets a hold of James Franco's like right. iPad or something. Right, yeah. and he's watching uh, James Franco's character telling him as a young ape, you know, this is your home, your home. Right. And he's kind of smiling and almost crying. Yeah. Very fucking touching. 
and he's talking uh one of the main the new there's a new hu- human main character there's a male and a female one's Carrie Russell I can't remember the other guy no, I don't know um, but they go and basically go to the apes and and try and figure out what's going on with them and saying like what what's going on with you guys what's it about do you mean us harm and basically they find out that they're a peaceful civilization they want to be left alone right. you know caesar says home peace you know in one of the like original that. planet of the apes movies at the end of the movie i can't remember which one it was it wasn't the first two it might have been the third movie at the end of the movie they they show like um, like an ape school, but yeah. the ape school also has like human kids in it. So right. like apes and humans are like learning together. Right. That was never really explored after that scene in that movie, but I always thought that was cool and I thought it'd be something cool that they could incorporate into this maybe after this movie. That's the big question. Is it going to be, you know, the, the planet of the apes was kind of always for me the unenlightenment of man. And then the enlightenment of apes, but at the same time, they basically became what men were to them. Right. They did the exact same thing. So is this going to be a peaceful resolution in the end of this? I'm assuming it's a trilogy. I don't think they... Yeah, because they can say ape shall not kill ape, but it does happen. Right. And Caesar, it seems to me the struggle within Caesar is that he has this human connection still. At the same time, he knows that if he doesn't take moves in this movie, you know, they, they say, you know... These apes don't want war, and then they go to a shot of Caesar saying, "War is already here." Right. Yeah. And that's why yeah. he attacks is because he has no other choice yep. but to attack. Right. And I really love that. You know, I I want to see that explored. Are the apes gonna go the same route as the humans and and treat them the same way as they have been treated, or is it going to be a turnaround of the original story? Yeah. To where they do come together and say, "We can't continue this cycle." I think that this is going to be a case where the sequel's better than the original. Yeah. I do. Oh, absolutely. You know? There's, there's that one line, too, where he's like, apes together strong. That kind of thing. Like, <clears throat> that's another thing for me I think humanity is way behind on. And and to show that coming from his perspective and seeing all the terrible things that men have done to yeah, apes. Yeah, but we even see factions in, like, the early movies where it's like, you know, you've got chimps and then the orangutans yeah. and then you've got like, you know, your gorillas, the right. like different factions and like, you know, the gorillas are brutish and like, uh, you know, the chimpanzees are kind of like your, like, they're kind of like the sheep, you know, they yeah. follow wherever the orangutans are wanting to do. But does he pick up on that? Does he right. say together we are strong, but if we're divided, there's, there's no chance in hell. And does he say that in regards to humanity too at the end? Does he figure that out? Like yeah. We all need to be together on this planet for it to right. survive, you know? It's cool. It's cool. We're watching the rise of a civilization. I think it's going to be fucking emotional as hell. Yeah. You're going to see death of probably characters that you really like, yeah. you know, especially the ape character. Just like from the first movie where that one jumps into the copter. Yes. I was, I was crying my balls oh, off. Oh, man. <laughs> you yeah. know, the sacrifice. Right. And I think we're going to see some more of that. Um, but, yeah, it looks really cool. And and I love, you know, the thing I love about Planet of the Apes is it is it really is a story about humanity, but they put it in the form of an ape so that you understand. Right. What they're trying to portray rather than you're thinking you're this better creature than something else. They try and say, like, this is humanity. The yeah. Planet of the Apes is humanity if it goes wrong. Yeah. Yeah, I can't wait for that movie. We're definitely going to have a Planet of the Apes yes. show. It's going to be very, very good yeah. and insightful. <laughs> uh, I went and saw the, uh, I went and saw Neighbors yesterday with, uh, Seth Rogen and Zach Efron. <clears throat> Man, that totally slipped under my radar. Um, Oh, the uh, Neighbors movie? Yeah. Really? Did not even know about it. Um, I'd say this movie is, I'm just going to rate it. I'd say it's a solid taste it. Cool. 
this movie could easily it, this movie actually could easily be two different movies hmm. uh one movie about a husband and wife in their 30s who are trying to adjust to like being parents but still keeping that spark in their marriage okay <laughs> uh another movie uh about a group of guys in a fraternity whose goal is to not get kicked out of college but at the same time they're trying to throw the most epic party in school history ever. Now, what this movie does is it combines both of these movies, these story arcs, into one movie. And it's actually a pretty funny comedy. Uh, now, this isn't uh, on the this-is-the-end level of humor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we all enjoyed that movie. Yeah. Uh, but it is quite funny, and Seth Rogen has some really good moments in it. Uh, there's a dildo fight between Zac Efron <laughs> And Seth Rogen, that's pretty hilarious. Um, dildo fights, they never get old to me for some reason. Uh, there's a, you know, I love sorority boys and orgasmo just like the next guy. Oh yeah, for sure. So, uh, Seth Rogen and co-star Ike Barinholtz, they steal this movie. They're hilarious. Uh, both are very good. Zach Efron, in my opinion, was okay. Uh, but was actually outshined by James Franco's younger brother, Dave Franco, who does a pretty damn good Robert De Niro impersonation <laughs> in this movie. And that is right there is worth the price of admission. Excellent. Uh, I think I was expecting a little more from this movie, though, but it is still pretty good and definitely worth a watch. Uh, I'm also waiting for some of the stunts they pull in this movie to actually start showing up in fraternity parties in real life. Oh, no. Uh, specifically where they uh, hotbox an entire house. <laughs> so, yeah. Is it through the air conditioning vent? You'll have to watch it. <laughs> okay. It's, it's, <laughs> oh, man. But it, it's it's a good movie. Um, I, I don't know if it's – it's definitely rental worthy. Um, but uh, my crowd was okay. I didn't have a lot of people show up to it. But uh, it was okay. It was a good movie. I enjoyed it. Definitely a solid taste it. Yeah. So – those are those are always the movies I'm hesitant to see, but they're always a really good time. You know what right. I mean? And I, you catch them later when they're out. But yeah, I, I love those fucking films. Yeah, you know, take me away for a minute and let me laugh. You know, whatever. Yeah, Who cares a hot box of house. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Seth Seth Rogen's really good in it. He's really good in it. There are some laugh out loud moments. There was a. Uh, there's a moment where he, where, where his, uh, he need, he has to milk his wife, which was, <laughs> which was hilarious. You'll just have to see it. Take my word for cool. it. Um, I also, I want to talk, we're going to wrap up with this one, but I want to talk about a Hulu original series called Deadbeat. I've been wanting to talk about this for weeks. Hmm. It stars Tyler Labine and Brandon T. Jackson. The series, it follows Kevin Pacaliglu. I can't pronounce that name, but they just call him Pac. Okay. <laughs> it's Pacaglio, I think, or something, but they just call him Pac. Yeah. And it's, pl- he's played by Tyler Labine, who is a supernatural medium for hire. Uh, it's a comedy. This show's a comedy. He attempts to solve various ghosts' unresolved problems so that they can move on to their final resting place. Uh, and occasionally with help of his best friend and drug dealer, Rufy, who's <laughs> played by Brandon T. Jackson. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, it's no secret that I'm a, t- a huge Tyler Labine fan. Uh, I talk about Reaper all the time. I will not talk about it again. <laughs> Definitely check out Reaper if you have not watched it. So naturally, I'm going to give this uh, show a Tupperware, and I'm asking the rest of the Leftover Army to give this a viewing. It kind of reminds me of the movie Frighteners. Oh, cool. I love Frighteners. Yeah. Fucking love Frighteners. With Michael J. Fox. Yeah. 
uh, it reminds me of the movie Frighteners uh, as a TV show if it was directed by Kevin Smith. Oh, with, shit, really? Yeah. <laughs> okay. With all the jokes about sex and drug use and stuff. In the first episode, he's in the attic and he's looking at letters from a Scrabble game board and a spirit is trying to communicate with him and spell the name Angie. Mm-hmm. Um, listen to Tyler Labine in this clip as he's trying to figure it all out. What is that? What? What's that? Ang. 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 Angina. Ang. Angus. Angus Burger, please tell me you're spelling Angus Burger right now. I remember this one time I had an Angus patty. It was so juicy. I didn't just eat that thing. I literally performed Cunnilingus on it. All right, I'm going to stop you right there. No, no, let me just finish this Angus memory. Angus, I'm spelling Angie. Uh, Angie. (laughs) (laughs) It's the whole show is like that. Tyler the Bean is absolutely hilarious. This show is phenomenal. It's just stupid, turn your brain off fun, and I love it. <laughs> Angina. Angina. Angus, Angus Burger. Yes. Please let me finish this Angus Burger moment. I love it. Is that, um, is, can we, do we need a subscription on Hulu to see that or? No, you can actually watch the episodes yeah. uh, just on Hulu. Cool. Like, if you have Hulu Plus, you can watch it on your mobile phone. Awesome. I think Hulu Plus is like $7.99 a month. Damn, I want that. So, but Hulu, you can just go on your computer and watch Hulu, watch it on yeah, Hulu. Yeah, yeah. You'll love it. It's I absolutely totally... fantastic. Now, he can allow himself to be possessed by the spirits, but only if he's taking drugs like shrooms. <laughs> <laughs> In the second episode, he must help a spirit that was a professional hot dog eater beat his arch nemesis. The problem is that his stomach was given to someone else as an organ donation, and it just so happened it was given to a Hasidic Jew who can't eat pork. (laughs) (laughs) The show is really, really funny. And a Tupperware all the way. Fuck Check yeah. it out. It's called Deadbeat, and it's available now on Hulu and Hulu Plus. Hell yeah, man! Thanks for mentioning that. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> once you watch, once you watch Tyler Labine in this, you're gonna want to see him in Reaper and other stuff. Oh because yeah. Because he he can play the same guy, and he's just so funny. <laughs> uh, he's in D- uh, Dale and Tucker versus Evil, which is like one of my favorite movies. I still gotta watch that too. Oh, I, I'll bring it over, man. Go I've got it. Check that out. All right, so I think that's it for Good Pop, Bad Pop. We're going to come back with our news segment. Yes. So we'll take another break. We'll come back with our news segment. I think we're going to get uh, Jacob Harmon on the line. Jacob. Yeah, Jacob Harmon. Ain't going to harm nobody. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. I got nothing to say to that. All right, we'll be back. Angina. Angina. <laughs> I gave this I gave this burger kind of lingus love it. No. And the other guy's like, no. <laughs> I was trying to spell Angie. <laughs> dude, I'm gonna watch that tonight. It's hilarious, that man. Sounds awesome. And that was the pilot, dude. Really? Yeah. Damn. Deadbeat. <laughs>
Hey, and we're back. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. Welcome back to Pop Culture Leftovers. We're going to do our new segment now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we don't play around with the effects so much on the no. show. We should probably do that more. <laughs> yeah, we've got a lot of options. We do. <laughs> what about you? No. <laughs> 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 Hey guys! The effects are still on. That was redonkulous. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wow. All right. Hey, welcome back. Uh, we're going to talk about our news segment. So we're going to talk about some of the news that came out this past week that we thought, thought was uh, interesting enough to talk about. Uh, first thing I want to talk about, um, we were going to have Jacob Harmon on the show, but he had to bail on us. So, hey, thanks, Jake. Thanks, Jake. We really appreciate that. <laughs> we kept him waiting a long time, though, honestly. Yeah. So, sorry about that. Uh, so, maybe another, we're going to talk about the Power Rangers film, but uh, maybe another time we'll talk about that with Jacob Harmon. Uh, but I don't know about you, Jake, but I mean, actually, I do. I mean, we've talked about this before. Ever since John Goodman played Dan Connor on Roseanne... Jay and myself, even as kids, we've always said to ourselves, I would love to see John Goodman voice a robot. Yeah. Always. Perfect. I mean, as soon as we heard him yeah. on, you know, Roseanne, we were like, this guy's a fucking robot. He's a perfect voice actor. Perfect voice robot. actor for a robot. Yeah. So now Michael Bay is making that childhood dream come true. You bitch. Yeah. <laughs> we're being sarcastic, of course. But yeah, John Goodman, along with Ken Watanabe, who's starring in Godzilla... Uh, are both going to be voice actors in the new Transformers movie, Age of Extinction. Okay. Kind of weird that they were just announced two months before the movie's released. Yeah, that is weird. Well, I mean, they can they can do all the robot scenes and they can just come in there and record their parts, but it is weird. Yeah. You you would think they'd want to base it more on the actor's performance right. than the robot's performance. Maybe they saw the the robot's performance and like, oh, that's that's John Goodman. That's totally John Goodman. Oh, that's <laughs> totally. Ken Watanabe. That's Ken Watanabe. <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> totally. <laughs> uh, I wonder if he's playing the samurai. Bot. Yeah. God. Yeah. <laughs> Who we don't know at all. Maybe, oh, the 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 overweight uh, robot wearing the flannel shirt. He's going to be that's John, John Goodman. Goodman. Yeah, of yeah. course. Uh, yeah thanks michael bay all right so uh yeah let's talk about uh gotham trailer yes that was released um 
So do you want to rate the trailer? Um, and let's, let's not, just, let's just rate the trailer. We're not going to rate any of the news that has come out since the trailer, just the trailer alone. Yeah. Cause I know some of the news was kind of discouraging that we read, but let's just rate the trailer itself. Yeah. I've watched it multiple times. W- what are you thinking, Jay? I am giving it a Tupperware. Okay. I was totally, totally blown away by the trailer. Um, it looked better than I've told everybody who I was like, you've got to watch the fucking trailer. It looks better than anything I think we can expect, um, from possible Batman movies in the future. You know what I mean? As far as what I know now of what I'm thinking is going to happen with, with Ben Affleck's Batman, I think this was like very, very, very refreshing to see this. Um, you know, uh, so total Tupperware. The moments and are are we going to break it down too? You can. I mean, I don't have any notes. Okay. Well, you know, I'll kind of break it down a little bit. I mean, you know, it's mainly about young Jim Gordon, which to me is a fantastic story. Um, Jim Gordon is the one person in Gotham that Bruce Wayne really looks up to, besides his parents who are gone. You know what I mean? So. Jim Gordon kind of became almost a surrogate, you know, uh, in a way, like kind of like Alfred, you know, just somebody, another adult that he could look up to mm-hmm. um, in a world that he never trusted anymore. He, you know, his parents were shot in an alley after a, a, a good time that they were having at a, at a movie or whatever. Right. Um, and so Jim Gordon was the guy that he turned to. And you see some of that in this trailer. Now, <clears throat> part of the thing is um, – the 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 kid that plays the young Bruce Wayne is so good. David Mizzou. Yeah, he's at, they actually are are making this more about Bruce Wayne than they even intended. This was solely supposed to be about young Jim Gordon, right? But he was so good that they are making this also more about Bruce Wayne as well. Yeah, the uh, Bruno Her- Bruno Bruno. Ah, I can't say his name. It's a tough name. <laughs> yeah, Bruno Heller. Yes. Um, he had uh, this to say about David Mizzou. He said, frankly, before David was cast i was ambivalent about how much we would use bruce wayne in the series like i say he's off the charts talented so i'm hoping to use him as much as his mom will allow us to yeah and in this kind of story you'd imagine uh it's not going to be young bruce wayne going out and saving the day because that's not what kids do it's about the strange education of this young man he has a good idea of where he's going early on but it's just about the growth of this young man yeah and, and, I mean, I'm just, I'm getting chills even thinking about this. All right. So in the trailer, you see young Jim Gordon. Um, you see him meet some of the key characters in, in, in this series. Eat? Eat. You get to eat Jim Gordon. <laughs> Jim Gordon actually eats some of the characters. <laughs> you get to meet, you get to, you, some of the other characters are introduced. So you see, you see the Riddler's character, right. Enigma. Okay. If you, if you had to eat the Riddler, like what condiment would you use? Well, would he, you, I would use a dry rub first. He'd probably be like a cereal. Right. Like he'd be the marshmallowy kind of Riddler, you know, the marshmallow, uh, question marks. See, I'm thinking about like a barbecue dry rub on him. I, I would put that on anything. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> Even the penguin. Yeah. Maybe, I guess, I guess he's, I think he's like probably like the bacon of supervillains. <laughs> like he goes with anything, right? Yeah, he kind of does. Right. He kind of does. Have you seen the bacon ANAs? That's disgusting. They've mixed bacon with mayonnaise, and it's an actual kind. Well, I mean, I do like that on my sandwiches. I right. do like bacon and mayonnaise on my sandwiches. Yeah, they just said fuck it, and they just combined the two. Fucking smart. Cut out the middle, man. <laughs> you don't even have to cook your bacon now. <laughs> but you uh, you see a lot of uh, Jim Gordon, basically, in this trailer, uh, the full-length trailer for the series. Um, 
and you kind of see him meet Harvey Bullock, who's yeah. kind of his mentor in this. Who that actor? He's familiar. I've seen him in a lot of things like comedy and stuff like that. Yeah, and I don't, I can't fucking place his name. I think yeah. he was on a TV series in the nineties, yeah. even, and yeah. that was on quite a bit. Um, but he's Harvey Bullock, and I think. That that definitely is the same as like Frank Miller's story where you meet young Jim Gordon in the Dark Knight series or Batman Year One, right? And you meet him, and that's kind of what that book was about as much as it was about Batman. Yeah. Now they're taking a lot from that story, as well as some other things which we might talk about a little later. Um, and so that enough is intriguing for me. I want to see the young Jim Gordon because Jim Gordon's fucking awesome. Yeah. This guy was a military man and now he's become a cop and he's a good cop. He's a good dude. Yeah, yeah. He, he wants to do right by the city, much like Batman wants to do right by the city or right. Bruce Wayne. They both have this ideal like we want to do what's best for the city. Um, what I was not expecting was you see Bruce's parents get shot in the fucking alley. Yeah, yeah, you do. And you hear Bruce screaming. Yeah. That moment for me was like, this series is going to be fucking awesome. He sees his parents get shot, and he just fucking is wailing in this alleyway. Right. Amazing. Amazing. I don't care anything else about this. You see some of uh, Jim Gordon fighting, just like Frank Miller's Batman Year One, fighting somebody in an alleyway. How street level he is, even at one point, I think... uh, uh, Jada Pinkett Smith's Jada Pinkett Smith's <laughs> Jada Pinkett Jada Pinkett Smith Smith's character, and I can't remember what who she is exactly. She's she's definitely somebody who Fish Mooney, who in the yeah Fish Mooney, yeah. who in the comics kind of knows who Bruce Wayne is, right? Um, and she she says to Jim Gordon, "You've got a little danger in your eyes. I wonder what you're going to do with that." Yeah, his he, that actor. And I have it written down here, but I'm not going to go through all my notes. But he is fucking awesome, I think, is Jim Gordon. Just the subtle things that they show in this trailer. Right. Um, the cinematography looks fucking great. Mm-hmm. You can't really fuck this up. If you understand Gotham and you understand how things are supposed to look, this looks like it's supposed to look. Um, let me see here. Can I go ahead and... Yeah, go ahead. ahead. Uh, I mean, the first time I saw the trailer, I was blown away. and uh, But I kept watching it, kept watching it, and kept watching it. Mm-hmm. The more I kept watching it, I got to give it a taste that... Okay. Um... It's 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 good, but, like, I think Jada Pinkett Smith, she did, her acting was kind of shitty in it. Um, I'm excited to see what they do with some of the characters, but, like, just the scene of, like... You know, cat, the little cat girl. Yeah. Like looking at, you know, Bruce Wayne. I don't know if that's even the same scene. Well, Poison Ivy's gonna Poison be in Ivy's this. Why girl. is she in Some this? of them are like little kids and yeah. some, of, some of them are adults and some of it just seemed a little like, I don't know. And, and what had me worried is, okay, just the trailer, I give it a taste of it, but I'm gonna get into something, other things. Bruno Heller, he explained that the show is not, I thought it was gonna be a crime procedural. Yeah. He said, but in fact, it's serialized. He goes on to say, quote, there's a procedural framework to it, but the world of Gotham is too big and operatic and complex to do it any other way but serialized. Right. The stories have to be as large and compelling as the city it's set in. Uh, that's not to say that you couldn't do a straight-up police procedural, but for instance, because we are following the villains as well as the police, you're also you're already breaking out of that procedural mold. That had me a little confused because I thought it was going to be a crime procedural, which I was looking forward to. Yeah. Um, let's see here. He also said some, some weird things here. He said uh, Gotham – he said he believes that the show will be, quote, it will surpass the Christopher Nolan Batman movies. That's a bold statement. As far as like Gotham, the way it looks. He said in terms of what director and executive producer Danny Cannon and director of photography David Stockton are doing, visually, 
Gotham will surpass the Batman movies. Wow. He also called young actor David Mizzou, quote, without a doubt, the best actor to ever play the part of Bruce Wayne. That's pretty bold. No, okay. Now, I've heard some showrunners promoting this show so that people will watch, but this guy is straight up filleting this movie to the point where I'm surprised we heard anything he said and not just muffled words with as much of this TV show's dick inside of his mouth. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. With as much of this show's dick inside this guy's mouth, I'm surprised we heard anything. Right, right. Because he is – I understand he's the showrunner. He's going to pump this up. Yeah, that's true. That makes sense. But, I mean, to go – and say that this is, without a doubt, the best you're ever going to see Gotham portrayed in anything is a little bold. And to say that David Mazou, this kid who was in a show called Touch that only lasted two seasons, yeah, and say that he's the best actor ever to play Bruce Wayne, that's a little bold. And honestly, I think – I still think Christian Bale's amazing. Yeah. And I, but what, what's cool is though, if you look at David Mizzou and you look at Christian Bale, they look alike. Oh yeah, for sure. If you've ever seen, and, and you could say, oh, what young you, Christian Bale, young yeah. Christian Bale. Yeah. Like if you've watched Empire of the Sun, the yeah. Steven Spielberg Absolutely. movie, yeah. uh, with John Malkovich, it's fantastic, and it stars a young Christian Bale. He does look, David Mizzou does look like a young Christian Bale. Yeah. But to say that this kid has the chops to be the best Bruce Wayne ever, yeah, it's a little. I gotta see it to believe it, and so I'm a little skeptical. Well, what, what really gave me a lot of faith, and again, I'm basing this just on a trailer. We yeah. don't know enough about this. Yeah, trailer. I mean, we could just be seeing the best parts of a trailer. I'm just saying the trailer was, was fantastic, but they, they have a scene where, uh, the young Bruce Wayne is standing on top of his mansion with his arms outstretched. Right. And they have, uh, Jim- I'm on top of the world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cue the Celine Dion music. Yeah. And then you see Kate Winslet's, Winslet's hand kind of reaching up. Right. And he's like grabbing it, but She's, then it's over. And then she says, paint me, Bruce. Yeah. And he's like, I won't. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> Cause I have scissors for hands. <laughs> But anyway, anyway, what the the trailer ends with him standing on top of Wayne Manor with his arms out, and you hear James Gordon saying, "There will be light, Bruce. I promise." Right. That fucking scene to me brought tears to my eyes. Yeah. That alone, plus the scene where his parents get killed, and he's really just belting out this wail. It was just, I don't know. It, it has potential. It has a lot of potential, and the trailer for me. Kind of brought that in. Now I don't want to see Catwoman as a kid. I don't want to see Poison Ivy as a kid. You're but going we're going to. to. But how does that? How does that tie into the bigger? We're going to see city. Penguin. We're going to see Riddler. Yeah, they've already said that we're going to see Joker. Yeah. I mean, there was the uh, possible Two Face. <laughs> right. There was the um, cast photo. Within the cast photo, there was Easter eggs within yes. the cast photo. And yes. You, you saw the casino. You saw underneath the casino logo the card with the Joker. Way up high on the left-hand corner. And they said, you know, of course, the Joker, Bruno Heller said, Joker, of course, is the crown jewel of DC villains. So we've got to be very careful on how we bring him into this show. And he said it's going to be, um, you know, it's not going to be so much your, you know, Adam West uh, who, who played the Joker in the Adam West? Uh, Cesar Romero. Yeah, Cesar Romero. It's gonna be not. It's not gonna be your Cesar Romero Joker. It's it gonna won't be, be Heath it's, Ledger. It's either. gonna be more Heath Ledger than right. Cesar Romero. Though. Right. Yeah, for sure. So, um, well, you know what else they said? They said uh, he said the that this will borrow from Frank Miller's stories, but it will also borrow from the Killing Joke. Yeah, which wow. is pretty dark, brutal. Yeah. I mean, I I don't. Are you think we're gonna see a young Barbara? 
Yeah, like, I mean, like a baby. That was a big deal in in uh, uh, in in the in year one was him having a kid, a child. Right. But I mean, she was a child. That that right. didn't happen until way later on when the Joker appeared. So I don't know. Like Joker's never been a part of Bruce Wayne's childhood. You yeah. Know? And and that was a big thing. A lot of people. I posted this on my own personal Facebook page, and everyone's like, "What? No Joker." And I'm like, this looks intriguing enough with just Jim Gordon. I don't need the fucking Joker, but apparently they're bringing him in. So that's kind of worrisome. Yeah. Um, did you notice oh, – real quick before I forget. Did you yeah. notice like the Gotham, like the logo when they showed the Gotham logo and you saw you saw Gotham City and you saw the lake there? Uh-huh. Did you know that like the ripples in the lake and Gotham actually look like the bat symbol? Do they really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, cool. check it out. Check I it out. see that. It kind of forms the bat symbol, dude. I love that little shit. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And that's attention to detail. Now, are they doing that? I, we don't know. Well, Heller, he said that the final scene of the series would be, quote, something like Bruce Wayne putting on the cowl, but that's six or seven years down the line, hopefully. Yeah. So they're hoping for six, seven seasons. What I'm worried about, man, I think they should take the the Agent Carter route, and I think they should do like a 13-episode season. I think doing like 20-plus episodes is just too much, man. I think you're going to get too much filler bullshit. I think a better condensed story is going to be a lot better for us fans. Just keep it, you know, uh, fast. It'll keep it fast-paced. Yeah. We won't get a lot of these filler bullshit episodes. Just fucking give us 13 episodes, man. I think that's a problem with a lot of these shows, man. Fucking, you can do it with a sitcom. You can have 20, 25 episodes in a yeah. sitcom. But when you're talking about like an hour long show, even Arrow, I think, kind of, it kind of suffers from having like a 20 plus episode season. Right. I like, I like a condensed 13 episode season. Even Walking Dead, I think the quality's gotten a little bit worse with them going they the first season was six episodes second season was 13 now they're up to 16 yeah so i think you get a lot of filler with that i think a 13 episode season is perfect for this type of show but you have you also have the story of these villains so you can flesh that out like you're not just going to introduce the joker in the first part of this series yeah that's not going to happen but we know all these villains live too yeah we know all these villains live and so it's like we're not going to see any deaths Maybe. It almost looks like Jim Gordon kills the Riddler in the trailer. It almost looks like it. Yeah, but... Like, he's taking it to the extreme. Yeah. You know, they they do that scene where it's like, I see danger in your eyes, what are you going to do right. with that? And then he's pushing the Riddler into, like, uh, a lake or something. He pushes him into is that the water. The, that is the Riddler? I think that's the same guy. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Yeah, same character that plays him. Or the okay. actor. I didn't know if that was, like, a main villain or not. I just thought that maybe that was just, like, some... So I think, I think part of this is going to explore what his limits are and how he learns to be as good of a cop as right. he is um, and not to kill... But maybe there is an instance yeah. where he does take it over the line and then he never does it again. Right. But I don't know. You know, like I said, introducing someone like the Joker, if you're going to do that, you need to explore his whole origin. If you're going to do Jim Gordon, you're going to do young Batman, young Catwoman. Yeah. You better do the whole damn Joker origin story. It's which scary, though. Yeah. It's scary because some of the mystique behind the Joker is like not explaining his origin. I don't want to know necessarily. You know, like we thought that the show Hannibal was going to be total bullshit, yeah. total crap because, you know, part of the cool factor of Hannibal the character is like not knowing his backstory. That's what's scary about him, yeah. And apparently Hannibal's doing really good cuz it's getting uh, renewed for a third season. Yeah. So, 
I mean, that's the thing. It's like, but then look at Bates Motel, which kind of fell flat after the first season. It did really well after the first season. It got renewed. This is, the second season has not been as good really? as the first I season see, I, because you only following. you only have so much you can tell right. to keep it intriguing. Like I don't need to know every little thing about Norman Bates growing up. I don't. Right. Same with the Joker. But give me kind of a brief summary of what's going on with him you know yeah and the same with the joker you can't just introduce him into this story and be like oh here he is yeah no no absolutely not <laughs> yeah. like and i hope they treat him like they said like he is the crown jewel of dc villains right and they give him the respect that he that i mean he how old is he gonna be yeah. like is he gonna be a teenager to bruce wayne that's what michael cornish was saying he was like he was like you know like oh, what are we gonna see fucking kid joker yeah I don't want to see that. You want to see you, you know, because like you know, typically they're around the same age. Him and Batman, yeah. Except for like, like I told you know Cornish, I was like, you know, in the in the Nicholson film, you know, the Michael Keaton film, he was older, yeah. But I mean, yeah, I want to see, I want to see, I want to see around the similar age. So I, I don't know how that's going to work out. But I don't want to see like a fucking kid Joker. No, <laughs> Fuck yeah. no, no. And I, I don't get the whole like I said, the kid Catwoman and the kid Poison Ivy. Why is Poison Ivy in this? Yeah. Why? Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't need to be in this at all. I get the Penguin. I get She's the Riddler. Some, like they show her by a plant too. It's yeah. like okay. But see, all right. that's why I think too. I think people will die because you have an older Penguin and you have an older Riddler right. in this, and I think those guys probably will. I think Jim Gordon goes to the extreme at some point. I think that's kind of what it's saying. I think he walks the line yeah. between vigilante and cop, taking the law into his own hands when he has such a corrupt police force to work with in a corrupt city. What does he do? And how does he learn from that and then yeah. pass that on to Bruce? You know? Right. Yeah, I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm worried about this show. Uh, I, I like the trailer, but I'm still worried about this show because – it's Batman on, in TV. Yeah. I'm really worried about it. You know, I think they've done a decent job with casting. I don't, I still am not digging Jada Pinkett Smith in this. Yeah. I think it was, she kind of phoned it in and her. She phones scenes. it in in every fucking thing she does. She was never a good actress to begin with. Right. <laughs> I can't think of anything that she really stands out in, honestly. No, no, she's not great. And that's why she's in a TV series. But the guy that plays, uh, Jim Gordon, uh, God damn it, I have it written down, but my type's so small. Yeah, don't worry about He's it. He's fucking awesome. He looks the part. He looks like a young Jim Gordon. He's intense. Yeah. He actually voiced Batman in one of the animated, uh, cool. uh, Frank Miller animated things that Very they cool. did. So, yeah. So, uh, Tupperware and I'm being a pussy this week, giving it a taste of it. So at least you're going on a limb, Jay. I'm a big pussy this week. Oh, it's okay. You don't know. We don't know. We I don't, don't know. know either. I could be yeah. totally wrong. The first time I watched it, I was like, this is Tupperware. But I, I kept watching it, kept watching it, kept watching it. Probably watched it like three, four, five times. And it's just like, ah, I can't I can't give it a Tupperware. But especially, and I guess I am kind of like influenced by some of the stuff that I read about it. So Well, I mean, if you look at this and you look at like the maybe the first time you saw Arrow, I think this looks way better than what I saw from the first things from Arrow. Well, everybody thought Arrow, Arrow was going to be a, like a pile of shit. Yeah, well, I was excited. So I'm not like discounting what I saw from Arrow. And like you said, yeah. you know, there were elements of the first season that were awesome. There was stuff from like the first, the first and, and second part of that series, the mm -hmm. first two shows, I was loving it. Yeah. So, you know, this looks better than that to me. So. I, yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, moving on. So, uh, Hugh Jackman is 99.9% per, 99 sure that after Wolverine 2, he will be putting away the claws for good. 
Jackman spoke to SFX Magazine about this, saying, I don't know what's happening with Wolverine 3 yet. We're talking it through. I still am very ambitious for the character. And tonally, I feel like we corrected the ship with the last one. But I feel we can still go further, in a way. If I did another one, I'm 99.9% sure it would be the last. So that will inform what it is for me. Uh, he also said the story most likely won't take place in Japan again. Well, of course, we're looking at Old Man Logan, because that may be the only option left at this point. <laughs> we are looking at a lot of different storylines. No one has jumped out. Uh, no one has jumped out. Uh, you can tell from my answer that we're still working on it. I'm working with Jim Mangold, which is exciting. Jim came on board the Wolverine after Darren Aronofsky left. Yeah. You remember that? Yeah. I was excited about Me that. Me too. Yeah. I still think, oh my God, this last movie, had it been directed by fucking Darren Aronofsky, holy fuck. Totally not surprised he dropped out, but for me, like he would have been perfect. Absolutely. Perfect. Uh and of all things that Jim can do, one of the great things he does is develop scripts. I'm excited to see what he can do, what he can come up with, but I haven't signed on. Signed, uh, yeah, I, but I haven't signed on. I'm genuinely at the at that point where unless it's better than the last one, I'm not going to do it. Well, that's cool. That's cool. Then uh, the reporter he asked the logical question: What if the script is just as good, but not better than the last one? And uh, Hugh Jackman, he replied with, I don't know if that will get me across the line, man. I, I think it has to be better. I can still see where we can improve upon the last one. I love the intimacy of that story. I like the small stuff. I like that it was a little unexpected. I don't want to get into specifics but because it just upsets people. But there are certain parts of that story where I felt we were predictable. And I don't think you need to do that with Wolverine. What's exciting is that you can make it more of an interior story, and people actually prefer that. And that was good to show and convince everyone, especially everyone who greenlights the movies. Yeah. So, yeah, it sounds like Hugh Jackman, he does have a timetable as to where he's going to end this. And I think Wolverine 3 will be that movie. Yeah, for sure. But they are also talking about, because of this interview, it sounds like they are wanting to film because of the physical expectations of him to keep in shape for this character. Oh, yeah. It sounds like they're wanting to film X-Men Apocalypse and X-Men uh, and Wolverine 3 at the same time. Jeez. The reason being is he's going to be in shape for both films if they want to get him for Apocalypse. That's what it sounds like. It sounds like they're wanting to do these movies back to back and then kind of end it with Hugh Jackman and then they're probably going to have to look at recasting <laughs> after that. <laughs> but I mean, they're trying to milk him for as much as they can. Yeah, they I are. I mean, they really need him in yeah. the franchise right now to keep it going. He's the main draw. That's why I really want to, that's the main reason I want to see Days of Future Past. Yeah. Is yeah. his Wolverine. Sure. Cause he gives a fuck. Right. Obviously, he gives a fuck. But what pisses me off is he always makes these apologies afterwards. Every time there's something... He's given us so much yeah, already. Every time there's something he's put out with Wolverine in it, he he has to like be like, well, you know, it could have been better. It could have been better. 
Well, why don't you make that clear to the people making the fucking movie in the first place? That's true. Tell them they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Well, see, the thing is, Jay, though, is is he films these scenes. It's really up to whoever, like... I guess he doesn't see the full picture. Exactly. Yeah. It's really up to, like, the, you know, like, the director and the producers and editors and everything when they put this together for yeah. what you're actually going to see. I mean, he can give you, like, the most amazing performance ever, but unless he's part of that team that actually puts this together and gives you the final cut... It's really it's like kind of out of out of his hands. Yeah. But you you don't want it to be a wasted moment for him and his passion for that character. Sure. You want it to be like into fruition. It's like why don't you let the dude direct the damn thing? Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, because he knows it better than anyone sure else that's in charge of it. But you know, even from the X Men trailers that we've been seeing, it seems like. His lines are the narration of these trailers that we've seen, mm-hmm. and they seem like there's nothing behind it. Yeah. You know? Because, you know, you come to a point where it's like they're going to keep fucking this up every time they do it. So why do I put my heart into it? And I think, you know, I think it's kind of a waste of him because I think he's a great Wolverine. I think he could be even better Wolverine if mm-hmm. it was written correctly. He's definitely looks the part. He loves the part. Well, I, I mean, can't think of anyone else. Anytime you think of any of these X-Men films, you always think about Hugh Jackman. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, uh, you know, but that's the other question is like, how many times are you going to use Wolverine to be the pole of these stories? Oh, look at the comic books, man. But I mean, first class did very well without Wolverine. You know, it was still good without Wolverine. It was good. It was received well critically and by the fans, but financially it didn't make blockbuster numbers. Yeah. I think it made like a hundred and sixty some million, maybe. Yeah. It did well. But you know, again, he's one of those characters too where it's like you're wasting that character by not having him in the bigger Marvel universe. You know, we know that he can't be in Avengers. Sure. But it's a total waste. It's a total waste. Well, that's why they're trying to do like X Men: Days of Future Past. It's a bigger story. Yeah, but it's almost like it's almost like Fox just fucking people, like saying we're going to give you this when he could be so much more. Wolverine is unstoppable, almost immortal, fucking ageless, and you're limiting him to this kind of story. Let him go. Let that character fucking go. Stop being fucking dickheads about it and giving us shit half-ass stories about Wolverine. Because we're always going to be disappointed. It doesn't matter. You gave you gave Wolverine the Wolverine a Tupperware, Jay. I I <clears throat> totally enjoyed it because, like he said, the little things, the intimate moments. You know the mm-hmm. the stuff that was small about that story. I loved the stuff that they tried to make superhero about him. I did not like. Okay. About that movie. But it was still Tupperware. It was the best portrayal of Wolverine I've seen yet. Yeah, I think that's yeah, I agree. They did that. a lot of they did a lot of right things, but it wasn't yeah. perfect. Again, and he also was apologizing for that. It's like, dude, it's not your fault. Yeah. You know? No, I think he gives a hundred percent every time he's out Absolutely. there. Absolutely. Like he's great. Mm-hmm. He's he's Wolverine for me for sure. Yeah. I love Hugh Jackman. Good guy. Um Let's see here. Let's stick. Uh, let's stick with uh, X Men. I got a lot of X Men news. Okay. Brian Singer, in an interview with Sci Fi Now, he alluded that they might be recasting the roles of Jean Grey, Cyclops, and Storm with younger actors for the new film X Men Apocalypse. The film will supposedly revisit the cast of the first class film in the eighties. Sci Fi Now presented the following to Brian Singer. They said, of course, this means X-Men Apocalypse is in the right time zone to revisit and recast iconic original characters, such as Cyclops, Jean Grey, and Storm. 
Cyclops and Jean Grey, play, played by James Marsden and Famke Janssen, were killed in X-Men The Last Stand. Although Janssen reprised the role for the dream sequences in The Wolverine, while Halle Berry returns as Storm for the post-apocalyptic segments of X-Men Days of Future Past, Singer replied with, yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> so there no, you go. No, it's great news, though. I mean, so are, are you excited that they're recasting these roles? Absolutely. Okay. They needed recasting. Yeah. yeah. And who would you like to see in them? I know I'm not giving you a lot of time to really think about it. I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, do, I don't know. Um, but the core, the core team of Gene, Cyclops, Beast, Iceman, Angel. Right. That's what I want. You know, I don't, I know, you know, I've read this story online and everyone's like, I can't wait. I hope they do Nightcrawler again. He wasn't part of the original team. All right. The team that I grew up with. Okay? Sure. I want to see that team come to fruition. I want to see Cyclops, Gene. I want to see that interplay perfectly. Now, I, I enjoyed the first actors, except for Halle Berry. I thought she fucking sucked. Yeah. I thought she didn't give a shit about the character or knew shit about it. I'm not saying she's a bad actress. I'm just saying I did I, not. Well, I loved her in Monster's Ball. Yeah, Monster's Ball, fantastic. But as far as Storm and X-Men, I did not like it. Um, and I don't... I don't. Well, I mean, to be fair, in this last movie, she was pregnant during the filming. So yeah. it's like, I mean, she's really limited on the action sequences that she can do. That's true. That's true. But yeah, I, I personally, she wasn't like my like storm, and you know what I mean. I want to see fucking Mohawk Storm. Yeah, and and you know if 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 anything comes of the X Men movies, it is it, that I will be pleased with is rebooting the team that I know. Yeah, this team. I, I still want to see Nightcrawler. I know. I know. What Eventually, you're saying. I want to see Andy Circus mocap Nightcrawler. Yeah, for <laughs> That's sure. My dream for sure. And I'm not saying I didn't love Nightcrawler in, in X Men Two. Yeah, but for everybody to be like, well, fuck that. I just want to see Nightcrawler again. Yeah, you're you're missing the fucking point, man. This is the core team. This yeah. is the team. Oh, yeah. Scott Summers is the leader of the X Men eventually, and they still have not got Scott Summers done down right. No, nobody has. No. Nobody's got his voice down right. Nobody's got like the essence of that character down right. No, yet. I mean especially if you look at X Men now and the Scott Summers we know now from yeah. the future, the darker kind of like sure. you know. Like how, even in the comic books, they struggle with him. Yeah, too. Scott Summers is supposed to be the team of this fucking misfits that everyone in the world hates. The mutants. He's supposed to be the leader when Charles isn't there. Right? How does that character actually be portrayed properly? It hasn't been done yet. Yeah. No. Somebody that can stand toe to toe with Magneto and be like, "My ideal is better than yours," mm-hmm. and Magneto will be like, "I kind of see your point." You yeah. I, I personally, uh, who I'd like to see uh, cast as Jean Grey, and I know I mentioned her earlier, and you guys are going to think I'm crazy. I'd like to see Shailene Woodley as good. a young Jean Grey. That'd be good. And uh, then uh, as Storm, um, Rutina Wesley. She plays Tara on uh, True Blood. Yes. She's great. Fuck. She's so intense. Have her Storm. Yeah. Storm needs to be intense. She's troubled. Yeah. She's fucking troubled. That's the whole thing about yeah. Storm. That's why she's Storm. That's who, <laughs> either her as Storm or uh the chick from uh that plays Michonne on Walking Dead. Yeah. She'd been my second yeah, option. Yeah. She, she's fucking the strong we need a strong female lead. Yeah. Not somebody that's all about why didn't I get more lines? 
Right, right. <laughs> yeah, I remember her after after X Men came out. She yeah. was bitching about she didn't get enough right. screen time. I wanted to be more of a leader role and more lines. Well, yeah, Storm is a leader in the comics, right? But you don't just get to declare that. I still, I still don't think. I, I still don't think that like they, like uh, all they did was like show like thunder and lightning with her and like all this crap, dude. You could make some really, really badass storm fucking action sequences if you wanted to yeah storm storm was uh not just key like she like i said she was a leader when scott wasn't there yeah she was a leader of the x-men she has been countless times leader of the x-men but at the same time she's a very troubled person Mm -hmm. she's had a lot of uh, hard things happen in her past holly berry's character did not portray that whatsoever hell she was married to black panther she probably never read any of that fucking series um, but I have no idea who I'd want to see recast as like Cyclops. No idea. No idea. I no. can't, I cannot pinpoint an actor that I would be like, that's the next Scott Summers. Yeah. I mean, I mean, somebody like even Jake Gyllenhaal, like somebody of that caliber that can play the guy that's kind of the quiet, yeah. the quiet dude, but at the same time is the fucking leader of the team. I can team. tell you, like, I, like, I think like Josh Hartnett looks like him. Yeah. Like Josh, but, but, I'm not sold on Josh Hartnett as an actor. Yeah. He's going to be in that Penny Dreadful that premieres on Showtime tonight. So I'm going to see Probably that. Probably check that out and but see. I've never been yeah. sold on him. He's kind of like, I was telling. I was, you always know it's Josh Hartnett. You don't see the actor, Josh no, Hartnett. Yeah. I, I just don't see a range with him. He's yeah. like he's like a step above Sam Worthington to me. Right, right. He's really not like, like wow, that's a Josh Hartnett performance. Wow, amazing. Right. Like Jake Gyllenhaal, like he 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 really has a range now. Now that I've seen like Prisoners and Fuck shit yeah. like that, yeah. dude has a range. But I've never seen like that kind of like acting range from Josh Hartnett. You need somebody that can be the stoic, silent leader. Yeah. You know, what I've I mean? always wanted to place like Josh Hartnett in some of these roles. Like, oh, he he has the look of like a like a young Indiana Jones. Yeah, for sure. Or sure. you know, or like even a young Han Solo. Same, but same. you'd still be like kind of Josh Hartnett. smirking. Yeah, it was Josh like, Hartnett. He doesn't have that range of like a like a like a funny Bradley Cooper, right? Or you know what I mean? Bradley Cooper would make a great young Indiana Jones. Oh yeah, for That's sure. Where like Josh Hartnett does not kind of like I don't know. He like I said, he's just like a step above Sam Worthington from fucking Avatar. Yeah, he's just not. You know what I mean? Oh, the, the Clash of the Titans, Sam Worthington. Yeah, it's just here's a good looking guy just. Playing a role, kind and, of athletic, <laughs> you know. Yeah, exactly, it's, it's got to be story driven because this guy's not really going to propel the character. Yeah, I don't know. That's just Josh Hartnett to me. Cyclops is the toughest, but he's also super important. Yeah, especially if they're going to do X Force. Yeah, if they're going to bring Cable in. Yeah, which is his son. Totally, they better have a damn good Cyclops because Cable is fucking awesome. Yep. He's, no, I agree. He's one of my favorite characters. Even next to Wolverine, I would put Cable right up there. Yeah. He's fucking awesome. Uh, sticking with X-Men, X-Men screenwriter and producer Simon Kinberg, he recently told Collider in an interview that Fox is trying to figure out a way to bring an X-Men live-action TV show to the screen the way DC has with Arrow and Marvel has done with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. In the interview, Simon Kinberg says... We're still in this place of figuring out what the future of the franchise will be. But when you look at S.H.I.E.L.D. to some extent and what Marvel is doing now with Daredevil and other shows on Netflix, it makes sense to tell some of these stories in TV. 
partly because there's just not enough screens to do all these characters. And also because the serialized format of a comic book is better suited for TV because that's it. Every week you come back to the same characters, different story. And in comic books every week, it's the same characters, different story. I think what Fox is seeing now is with the proliferation of new kinds of visual and special effects, there's a way to make these stories that doesn't cost $300 million every time you have to go make a huge movie. Hmm. What are your thoughts on an X-Men TV show? Um, I mean, I think it would be cool if it was something like, you know, like New Mutants, you know, exploring, uh, you know, what happens in the everyday world when we're confronted with these new mutants every day and what, you know, what they do to get together and maybe kind of the formation of those relationships, not necessarily even a team, but like, these mutants getting together because they know each other. Take that Alphas uh, show on Sci-Fi. Alphas, yeah, exactly. And kind same of kind of thing. Incorporate that into a and into like a Fox TV show. A group of people that decide to do good, even though that they're ostracized and people hate them. Right. They decide to still do good, and then they're their own kind of element. Not necessarily even a team. I don't even you don't even need to call it New Mutants, but but we're not looking at like we're not looking at Wolverine. We're no. not looking at like the major players. We, no. uh, we're probably. Looking Looking at some of the like the the mutants that don't get a lot of screen time as far as like A list mutants. Yeah, right? and but at the same time, I think that would be kind of boring. Agents of Shield. Yeah, I mean, really, I mean, Agents of Shield is not. We don't get like key players. We're yeah, not, we're not getting Thor. We're not getting Iron Man. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah, but at the same time, um, you know, I think one of the drawbacks of that series of like Agents of Shield is like everyone's expecting these things to happen and they don't what about bringing in new mutants like like you said like just like new characters that we're not familiar with that have really cool backstories really comparing like like a really compelling character driven story with these new mutants that we're not familiar with i i think it sounds great but i don't think it'd be enough you know what I mean? I want to see those A-list villains. I want to see these major players that I recognize. You know, mm-hmm. and maybe they'll, you know, like Shield, they do do that, like with Deathlock and stuff like that, mm-hmm. which is awesome. I fucking love Deathlock. I'm glad he's in Shield, but at the same time, I don't know if it's enough for me to really want to watch the series. Yeah, you know these these just kind of we've made these characters up because they've tried to do that before, like you said with Alphas. It's the same right. kind of thing, you know. But Alphas was great. I don't care what I don't care that it got. But canceled. It, it was great because, but it wasn't connected to what we know. Like right. if we're doing something based off of Marvel Comics, I want to see stuff that I know. You're just like you're automatically almost like I want yeah, to see you're something right. I so, know. So why even fucking attach the fucking X Men yeah. name to it if you're not going to tell an X Men? Just make story. it your own thing and don't no, I don't get attach it. it to Marvel. Yeah, because like watching Alphas, it was like watching like mutants. Yeah, but it was not connected to the Marvel and universe. And kind of what was cool about that was it wasn't connected to the Marvel universe. It wasn't something that you knew of and recognized right. the characters. But as soon as you know that this is part of the Marvel universe, you're immediately like, where where are the people that I know? Where yeah, are the characters. That yeah, people are constantly saying that with Shield too. Yeah. So, um, let's see here. Uh, and finally, more X Men news. Um, I want to talk about uh, you know the the X Men movie that comes out in two weeks, Days Days of Future Past. Okay. We're gonna have a show about that and uh, some of the early buzz surrounding the film. Uh, I want to talk about some of the buzz surrounding the film from the early press screenings. Have you heard about this? No. I want you to listen to this, man. 
So the press got to see the movie earlier than the general public and were supposed to keep quiet about it, but Twitter blew up with positive reactions. Uh, now, this is from the critics who are generally harsher than the public. Really? Okay. Yeah, go to Rotten Tomatoes, Jay. Okay. The critics' rating is always lower than the fucking audience. That's true. That's true. Always. So keep in mind, this is from critics. I'd like to read some of these tweets. Uh, first one is, uh, these are people that have seen the Days of Future Past movie. Um, Sean O'Connell says, wow, Days of Future Past is the greatest, most complete, and staggeringly entertaining X-Men movie to date. Incredible movie of the summer. Wow. Just listen to these, man. Okay. Seriously. Steven Weintraub uh, from Collider says, X-Men Days of Future Past is great. Film finds a way to make both casts work and Quicksilver. Wow. His main scene is the highlight of the film. Have to say, was fucking awesome seeing the old and new X-Men cast in the same movie. Movie is 10 hours and 10 minutes. Wish it was longer. <laughs> okay. This one comes from Latino Review. Cal at Latino Review. Saw X-Men Days of Future Past, and it was really good. In opinion, in my opinion, it's the best X-Men movie so far, but that's just me. It was like Avengers with Mutants. That's pretty big coming from a Latino review. They got another one up here, too. Uh, Amarose Eisenbach says, literally freaking out about how incredible X-Men Days of Future Past was. My expectations were sky high, and it even surpassed them. Just wow. Shit. Umberto Gonzalez, who is El Mayambe from fucking Latino Review. Yeah. He gets all the scoops. He says they should call X-Men Days of Future Past Days of Future Hotness. <laughs> take it from your fan, take it from your boy, fanboy nation. The movie is absolutely fire. Boom. Wow. Is it as good as the Winter Soldier, y'all ask? Well, mutants ain't my thing, and I'm a tad biased towards Cat, but yes, it's just as good. <laughs> wow. Kevin McCarthy from Kevin McCarthy TV says geeking out. Saw X-Men Days of Future Past. Mind equals officially mind blown. Insane emotion slash action. Every performance is awesome. Favorite X-Men flick. And there was a lot of good buzz around Quicksilver and the mid credit scene. Okay. I'm... I know we've shat all over this movie. Yeah, we have. And the trailers and everything. <laughs> and I'm just reading these. And... Uh, basically every tweet that came out was pretty positive. There were no negative tweets that were really out there from people that had seen this. And, but I know there was a lot of negative buzz around the amazing Spider-Man two when it came out. Oh yeah. You gave that a fucking Tupperware. Even after there's been a lot of negative. Yeah. Does this change? I'm scared to even ask. And I would just be honest. I don't, don't, I mean, don't fucking drink the Kool-Aid. Yeah. Fuck these motherfuckers. And not, I'm not saying fuck these guys, but I'm saying fuck these comments. We don't, we haven't seen the movie. Don't drink the Kool-Aid. I mean, people can hype up anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Billy Mays got on TV for years and talked about OxyClean, but yeah. whatever. He never got the stain out of half of my shit. <laughs> so these, these people can say whatever the hell they want to about this. Don't drink the Kool-Aid. Yeah. Just think objectively. Does this change your thoughts at all? At all. I mean, even a little bit. Even in the slightest. Does it make you a little bit hopeful? No. Really? <laughs> really? No. Okay. I, I've watched every single, every single trailer that's come out so far. And hoping, hoping that I see something that I'm truly excited about. Right. It all looks like shit. 
Well, I mean, even the mid-credits scene in The Amazing Spider-Man 2... Looks like shit. Looks like garbage. Looks like fucking shit. I will admit, though, that Magneto picking up a stadium... That was cool. That looks awesome. That was really cool. Um, And, you know, keep in mind that Chris Claremont's Days of Future Past... That was a big part of me and you. Oh, yeah. Our childhood and Absolutely. even connecting with each other. Yeah. I fucking love that story. That was the first graphic novel I don't ever screw bought. This up. Yeah. I don't want it fucked up. Yeah. There's been absolutely nothing I've seen from the trailers that doesn't look like complete shit. Okay. So I hope it's good. I'm yeah. going to see it hoping it's good. I'm not going to see it hoping it's shit. Right. But I'm thinking it's crap. Everything from the trailer looks completely fucking phoned in. It looks like something that somebody threw together that thought was cool mm-hmm. about X-Men and has nothing to do with what I know about X-Men. I'm torn. I'll be honest with you. I mean, my whole speech of like, don't drink the Kool-Aid. And yeah. I'm torn. I'm yeah. torn now. After reading these, I'm torn. Like it makes me a little bit more hopeful. I mean, we are looking at a movie that does star James McAvoy. Yeah. Who I love. Yeah. Michael Fassbender. Patrick Stewart, Ian McKellen, Hugh Jackman, Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't know. It's an interesting story. I mean, you have even Havoc, fucking love Havoc from First Class. Sure. All those characters, you know, everything like that. It's, it's an intriguing, like, prospect. But from what I've seen from the trailers, there's absolutely nothing in those trailers that looks exciting. It looks like something that is making. And we've got Peter Dinklage. Yeah, but so, but it looks like something that they're trying to force feed the public into believing is great. And we've seen that so many fucking times, and I'm not buying it. Yeah, I'm not going to buy into that crap. They Hollywood does that shit all the but time. But these are critics, Jay. They're going to be like these. No, these these are critics. They're critics, yeah, for sure. And they were. This is these people have not. This isn't, these are not plants on, 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 you know, uh, Fandango and right. Rotten Tomatoes and these are critics. Right. And I do, I do respect Latina Review and, and definitely their opinions on this. And really, Collider. Really, I mean, and Collider definitely kind of like makes me think about it. But at the same time, as a huge fan of this story and FX-Men. It sounded like the, from what I read, though, it sounded like these people went to the movie theater and they had a lot of fun. I know, but where are the exact details about what was great about? They can't really. They can. They, they can't really get into that. I mean, uh, they, they basically at the end when I said there was a lot of good buzz around Quicksilver in the mid credit scene, they can't tell us what those were. Well, here, let me just break that down. We've seen the whole entire Quicksilver scene. We've seen the whole goddamn thing in the fucking trailers. Well, I, <laughs> to be honest with you, I mean, there, is that, that all they got? To, I'm not. I'm. Not, I don't. I don't have a boner over Quicksilver or that actor. <laughs> I, I. I love Evan Peters. He's great, but I, I don't looks, have a boner. I'm just saying. I'm not. No. I. I'm not. I'm not I, we, let's get off of your erection. But I. What I'm saying is, like, even in that scene, he's got the goggles on and he's running around. And it looks like he's having fun. Yeah. I mean, as long as this movie's fun. Mm-hmm. I, that's what I want to see. I want to see a fun movie. I don't know. I'm I'm a little hopeful for this movie but, now. But after what about reading these? After reading these reviews, <laughs> these ab- are reviews from critics. What What about Hugh Jackman's dialogue in the trailer? I know. I'm from the future. I know. <laughs> I, I, but that's just like it's just like one clip. It's that's just true. like I. I don't know. I don't know any. I don't know any better than anybody else. The only people that can speak about this movie are the people that went and saw it. Yeah, the critics. Yeah, these are critics. 
And what makes me a little bit hopeful is that you go onto Rotten Tomatoes and you look at any movie, typically any movie, the audience rating is going to be a lot higher. True. If you looked at, if you looked at Amazing Spider-Man 2 when it came out, it was 54% for the critics. Yeah. 76% for the audience. Right. Audience always rates things higher. The critics are always more critical. That's why they're called critics. Yeah. So this positive buzz surrounding this film from people that clearly know, I mean, I know that these guys from Latino review and Collider, you know, they, they watch all these movies. Oh yeah, absolutely. And some of them I know are familiar with the source material. So this has me excited for the movie. If they're fucking wrong on this, I'm going to shit on them. Though. I agree. <laughs> if they're fucking wrong, that's what worries I me. I don't, I'm the kind of guy I don't buy into this shit. I'll usually stick to my guns and be like, ah, fuck this movie still. Yeah. But what I'm reading here is like, I'm reading that these people went to the movie theater, they watched X-Men Days of Future Past and they had a good time. Yeah. And these aren't people. These are critics. Yeah, I mean, like I said, Latina Review knows their shit. Collider yeah. knows their shit. I mean, the, this is no joke. Yeah. To, to hear them say that, like, I even read I'm it. I'm not trying to convince you, because I don't know any either way, man. Yeah, but but even when I read it, I, I had to think about it. I right. had to be like, well, what am I missing? Like, am I missing something from these trailers? But they are just trailers. We don't have a good representation of what this is actually going to be. But from the trailers, my judgment is this looks like complete shit. Yeah, it does. Until I see until I see the movie, which I will, going in with uh, no expectations, literally, uh, I won't know. Yeah, we'll find out in two weeks when we yeah. review it. All right, let's see here. Um, Marvel Entertainment's actually, Jay, what do you have? What do you got for us, man? Um, you know, since we're on the topic of Marvel, uh, uh, Shield has been renewed uh, yeah. for its second season. Second season. Um, you know. Uh, a lot of it, just like any series, just like any movies, the beginning is slow, and people need to realize that's story building. Mm -hmm. That's uh, universe building, and a lot of people don't have the patience for that. So uh, everybody that was discrediting S.H.I.E.L.D. and stuff like that, well, we've got S.H.I.E.L.D. coming back because it was getting better after Winter Soldier, after Thor, uh, Thor 2 Dark World. Everything kind of kind of fell into place, and you understood what this world was about. I still didn't even like the Thor shit. Yeah, <laughs> Lady Sif and all that. No, I, it's the the one where it was the episode with the oh, it was it was the episode right after the Thor. It was after Thor came out, and it was like I can't even remember. It was so fucking bad. It was like a couple, and they got one had powers, and it was just. It was just lame. It wasn't fire and ice, was it? I don't remember. Okay. It was so fucking bad. <laughs> um, I don't know. I can't remember. But yeah, like I haven't. I haven't been. I, I'll be honest. I stopped watching it after the uh, mid-season finale. I haven't picked it back up yet. I, I watched the like. I've watched like a few bits and pieces here and there when it's on, but and I followed it in the news. But I'll be honest. I dropped off, and like everybody's telling me, like you need to get back in on this because it gets really good after the cap stuff so i i will i will i've got the app already loaded on on my phone the abc app i'll watch them i'll watch them before the next season starts but yeah 
I, I'm honestly not extremely excited about it either. I mean, you, yeah, Agent Coulson and all that, he was great in Avengers. I love, I love his character, but he was my main draw for even watching that series in the first place. Yeah. Um, but anyway, it was renewed. Agent, Agent, uh, Carter is also going to be a series, I believe 13 episodes. Um, for anyone that was interested in that, I personally don't give a fuck. What the hell? I don't give a fuck about Agent Carter. Oh, I can't wait. I don't care. I can't. I, 13 episodes. It's uh, Tara Butters and uh, Fazekas who did Reaper. I can't wait. I don't have a problem with her, uh, the, the actress playing her or anything else. I just – the the whole story of Agent Carter. I'm talking about the showrunners. They, they did Reaper. I'm ready for it. Right. Well, it's only 13 episodes, so it's probably going to be jam-packed with I, goodness, but – I just I don't care. Like they tried to introduce her in in the Captain America movies, and I know her from the comic books. Mm-hmm. Never gave a fuck. I've just never. There's never been a, a story about her that really pertains to who Cap is now. I don't give a fuck. Okay, you know, fair enough. I I can't wait. I just the showrunners alone. I mean, yeah, Ta- that, that Tara Butters and and Fazekas who did Reaper. I. I can't wait because it, it's a tough story to really wrap your head around. Like, how are they going to do this mm-hmm. well? Um, but for those those guys to be doing it, you know, maybe it will be. I don't know. I don't know what the story's going to be. Like I said, I'm more excited about fucking Agent Carter than I am the second season of Shield. I can't wait. Well, I, I agree with that. I totally agree with that. But yeah, Shield. No, you know, to say to say fuck Agent Carter, fuck you, Brian. I don't give a fuck, Jay. <laughs> no, I, I totally, I totally agree. Not gonna with hurt that. my feelings. No, I, I don't disagree with you on that. I think Shield is been lackluster. I think it's kind of a fucking waste of time. Um, all I'm saying is it's coming out. It's been renewed. That's yeah. all I'm saying. I'm not saying I'm excited about it. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to give our listeners, a lot of our listeners say, hey, it gets better uh, after the cap shit. So I'm going to give it a chance. I'm going to watch it. And uh, I don't know. We'll see. Hopefully. Because honestly, I've only seen like one episode that I really liked. I just don't care about those characters. <laughs> I just don't give a fuck. Um, Marvel Entertainment's chief creative officer, Joe Quesada, confirmed that the new Netflix series surrounding Daredevil, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, and Jessica Jones, culminating in a Defender series, will deal with the aftermath of the destruction in New York City following the Avengers. Cool. Which means that they all exist in the same universe, so. Awesome. Uh, featured on Kevin Smith's Fat Man on Batman, there will be some interconnectivity, much like the movies. They will exist within the same cinematic universe again. So this is all the same world as S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Avengers. Although these superhero stories, uh, although these are superhero stories, this is different now. This is street level. This is the street level noir side of the Marvel Universe. Something that you haven't really, really seen in any of our Marvel movies and probably more ground level than I think you've seen. This is not like us doing Batman, Dark Knight, or any of that stuff. This is very Marvel doing street level superheroes. He also promised that casting news will be coming out really, really soon. Shit. So I'm hoping that they get dude from Dexter to be Daredevil like yeah. they were talking about. Uh Michael C. Hall. Yeah. That's his name. Yeah. Yeah, he'd be great. He'd be fucking perfect as Daredevil. Right. Um a little bit too old, I think. I mean he's not an old dude, but I'm just saying, as far as the Daredevil I know. Yeah. Uh you know, but at the same time he has the depth to play the character and uh play him very well. Daredevil is a serious thing. Like you've got to do it right and uh yeah. if it's done wrong, people are gonna see through it immediately. Yeah. I'm pretty excited about this, you know, um, 
even as much as Gotham, I'm excited about this. I've been dying to see a street level Marvel series mm-hmm. with these these vigilantes that we know and love instead of you know everybody knows the Avengers. Yeah, they're fucking great. I love the Avengers, but the, the you know people like Luke Cage, Daredevil, mm-hmm. all these street level people, the Punisher. You know, we're not going right. to see him in this, unfortunately, but um, all those guys are really, really. Just as intriguing as somebody like Batman, the street level, uh, vigilante. And a lot of people discount that. And a lot of people don't even really follow those characters. But Daredevil is just as cool to me as Spider-Man. Just uh-huh. as awesome. I, Yes, I I love the Mark Wade run on Daredevil. I mean, I love the character of Matt Murdock. Um, I think I appreciate him now more than I'm older. I I don't think Daredevil really captures the imagination of a child. I agree. Like a character like, like, you know, Batman or like Spider-Man. I think as a child, you're more drawn to like those types of characters. Like, oh, here's a guy who shoots a web. Here's a guy dressed up like a bat that's a normal guy that goes out and fights Joker and, uh, and Two-Face and these villains. But I, I don't think until I got older was when I really appreciated like characters like, you know, Matt Murdock as Daredevil. I yeah. think uh he's more of like somebody that I came across later on in life. It's a more really mature subject matter. I mean you like you know, you got the moon knight here yeah. that you're gonna let me read. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um you know, just another character that I don't think kids can relate to Moon Knight necessarily. Right. Yeah, <laughs> you I don't know? see kids dressing up like Moon Knight. Yeah, but he's still just as fucking great. Sure. As far as like what he does and you know, he's a member of the Avengers too. Yeah. But people don't know that, of course. Um, no, I think Daredevil stories are great. I yeah. love Daredevil. Like Mark Wade's run on Daredevil is probably my favorite, one of my favorite comic books. Yeah, ever. but other other people overshadow him yeah. for sure. Yeah, for yeah sure. like as a kid, it's like yeah, I definitely gravitated more towards Spider Man. I did so, too. Yeah. yeah. Um. All right. Yeah, but I'm looking forward to the Netflix series. I just want to hear some casting news. I'm yeah, something. Yeah. yeah, something new on that. Terry Crews, please. Terry Crews is Luke Cage. Yeah. Make yeah, it happen. Who, who else? Terry Crews. If he doesn't get he's it, even, I'm going to He's cry. petitioning for it, too. <laughs> yeah. He said, call me, Marvel. I'm yeah. ready to do it, man. He's perfect. He's fucking perfect. He can, he can bring the drama. And he, the comedy. He can bring the power. And he's funny, dude. And the comedy. He's funny as fuck. Fuck yeah. He, wasn't he in Idiocracy as the mayor or the president of the United States? Well, shit. He was in uh, Everybody Hates Chris. Yes. Played the father, which was one of my favorite fucking sitcoms. Long time, yeah. Man, I love that show. Is that, man, what happened to Chris Rock? <laughs> well, uh, the everybody hates Chris. The show, like, he was supposed to go on to like a private school in the next season, and then like the show ended. Yeah. They like canceled it, and I was like, "What the fuck?" Because yeah. I love that show. It's unfortunate, and it was so good. It was such a good. Fa- it was fun. It was I a love fun show. family show. Yeah. It's like you got the Goldbergs out right now, which it got renewed for a second season. Mm-hmm. I mean. And that show, it, basically, Everybody Hates Chris was set in the 80s. Yeah. And it was a fun, like, 80s, like, urban, like, show. And, and it showed, like, these characters. And they were all hilarious. The casting was great. Yeah. They had the chick from, like, uh, Martin. Mm-hmm. And they had Terry Crews. Martin was fucking great. Martin was fucking hilarious. <laughs> but, I mean, you had a really funny fucking show. And then the Goldbergs is basically, like, the white version. Yeah. Of everybody hates Chris. It's the same thing. Yeah, and I mean, both of these shows are fantastic. 
I don't understand why fucking everybody hates Chris got taken off the air or whatever the fuck happened there. Yeah. But I miss that show. I remember watching that with Malcolm in the Middle and shit like that when yeah. that was out. I didn't watch Malcolm in the Middle. I did. Okay. <laughs> I didn't. Fuck. Loved it. What's that, little, what's that kid's name? Frankie Muniz? Yeah. Oh, God. I bet he's like fucking smoking some meth in a he's fucking a- broom closet. No, he did a movie recently called Pizza Man. It was like a superhero movie. Sounds Stan like- Lee's in it. Oh, God. I think it's like direct to fucking Blu-ray. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> superhero named Pizza Man. Frankie Muniz. <laughs> Even his last name sounds like a... Muniz. <laughs> Um, yeah, let's take a break. I gotta pee. Hey, alright, hey, we're back. Uh, we're gonna finish up the show. We're gonna talk a little bit of Star Wars news. And, um, you know, of course we gotta talk about Star Wars. Yes. New Star Wars Episode 7 rumors are coming out. Uh, and, uh, the last issue of Entertainment Weekly from, quote, sources with direct information about the project, spoke on the condition of anonymity. Uh, apparently, of the things revealed is that Harrison Ford is a co-lead in the film, as well as the young trio of leads. But who are the young trio? We don't know exactly which of those characters that were cast are going to be the young trio of leads. Right. So that's interesting. I, I, I still don't know. A lot of people are thinking Daisy Ridley. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think some people are thinking Boyanga. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't know who the young trio leads. Part of me would think it'd be Adam Driver, but a lot of people aren't thinking that he is one of the young, the trio, one of the main guys. So I don't know. It feels like it probably is those three guys, you know, and Harrison Ford, like I said, I feel like, <clears throat> I feel like this is going to be based on his kids. So whoever they are, we, I don't really know, you know, does, is he, uh, is he the, is he kind of the adopted father of Lando's kid? Yeah. You know, we don't know what happened. We don't know what happened to Lando. Did he die early off? It could be like one representation of each of the families of like Kenobi Skywalker and then like, uh, the, you know, the solos. Yeah. I don't know. And it, w- it would be cool for who else would be Lando's caretaker of his child than, oh, sure. than Han Solo. Yeah. That would be touching as fuck. Right. It'd be really cool to see that and to see that kid become a major player later yeah. on. So, yeah, they they did say that he is going to be kind of a, a, a bigger role than I think even Luke or, or Mark Hamill. You yeah, know? they're and, thinking that, like, <clears throat> I don't know, we'll, we'll talk about that. I, I might have some notes on that, too. Um uh, some cool takeaways from that Entertainment Weekly article was that the full casting began in this this January. Uh, several roles have yet to be filled, including a major female part. Yeah. So that I guess that is semi-confirmed. Uh, the initial episode seven script penned by Michael Arndt has been significant, significantly, significantly overhauled by J.J. Abrams and co-writer Lawrence Kasdan. Um, the main cast members. Uh, Wait a second here. They, that stalled the casting process as characters and plot details shifted. And then uh, the main cast members, Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher, and Harrison Ford, were all slated to return before Disney bought Lucasfilm. George Lucas got them on board. Yeah. Luke, Leia, and Han all have significant roles. 
Um, so those are the, some, of, some of the things that were taken away from that, uh, entertainment weekly article. Um, now, uh, did you have an information about the title of the film? Yeah. Um, there, the, the rumor at least is this has not been confirmed whatsoever. Um, the rumor is that it's going to be called ancient fear. Now this is from a couple different sources. Um, this wasn't just thrown out there. A lot of people in this up, a lot of the new agents seeking this up. Um, ancient fear, which I don't really know exactly what that would imply if that's true. Um, besides what you kind of hinted at when right. we've talked about this before, would this, this would possibly be a Sith story, mm-hmm. a new Sith. Right. Um, and we really, um, in the Star Wars mythology, as far as the movies are concerned, they, they haven't really explored like who the Sith are, where they came from, mm-hmm. why they're there, and why they feel as strongly enough about their religion as as kind of the and I'm just using religion in a general term as the Jedi kind of religion, right? So that would make more sense to say, well, the ancient fear is the rise of the Sith, right, or, or something to do with the Sith. So, um, you know, again, that's just speculation. Um, it it also uh, part of that speculation is also that Max von Sydow's character will be the major villain. Mm-hmm. And that this kind of pertains to his story, yeah, the ancient fear. Um, and that's really all I. Do can... you think he could like be the one that influences Adam Driver's character? Possibly. You know, like I said, I, I know it sounds crazy, it but seems it, played out though. It seems played out, but Star Wars is all about reoccurring themes. Yeah, and you know, this story, like I said, the story of good and evil doesn't come to an end; mm-hmm. it continues. So it's always this common thread. Um, you have the good rise up. You also have somebody that's evil rise up. Now, how that happens, I don't know. Um, I kind of, like I said, I kind of feel like this is one of their kids, whether it's Solo's or Luke's kid, yeah. that falls to the dark side. And how Luke, Han, Leia respond to that kind of a situation would make more sense in terms of a full story to me. Right. Uh, Conan O'Brien had his own thoughts on what the title of the <laughs> movie that. could be. Now, like he apparently he paid like Harrison Ford for like, he paid him like a thousand dollars to get any information. <laughs> yeah, he did. Out of him. <laughs> Which was very, I yeah. would too. <laughs> so he had some, uh, he had some interesting thoughts on what the title could be with the film. People are very excited about the upcoming new Star Wars movie directed by J.J. Abrams. Thank you, genius. Well, this week, it was reported that the title for the movie is going to be Star Wars Episode 7, The Ancient Fear. Yeah. But we found out that the Ancient Fear name is not definite. The producers are still considering several other possible titles. That's right, including there's Star Wars Episode 7, Greedo Gets His Groove Back. (laughs) Star Wars Episode 7, now 100% Lucas Free. (laughs) Episode 7, 12 Years a Droid. (laughs) Episode 7, Return of the Expensive Collectible Action Figures. (laughs) Episode 7, The Hangover Part (laughs) 4. Episode 7, Product Placement on Planet Doritos. (laughs) And finally, Episode 7, Two in the Pink, One in the Jar Jar Pink. (laughs) Yeah, I love that last one. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, if you think about, you know, what's cool to me about this title, even if it's not real, um, you know, even look at it from like biblical 
standards. Like these are the stories we've always been told, and this is what Yoda was saying: fear leads to hate, hate leads to anger. They yeah, all lead right. to the dark side. Yeah. So the ancient fear to me is the dark side. Yeah. This story that always continues. You can't fucking get rid of it. Right. And I think that's what. Hopefully, I think that's what they're going to try and say because you can't end the story. No, you can't. It should continue forever. Um, you know, unless you believe that the Messiah is coming tomorrow, then you know. And some people do, and you know, more power to you. And I don't disagree with you, but um, the ancient fear to me portrays to the dark side of the Force, and that's what they're talking about. That we did not get rid of it. Right. So, what was the balance to the Force? What yeah. was it? We don't really know. And that would be the question I think that would go over and continue the story of Star Wars. Yeah. Um, now. The National, it's the same publication that got a hold of those Star Wars Abu Dhabi pictures, uh, where you can see what it looks, you can see what looks like, uh, to be an ADAT, uh, has more news this week, even after the security had gotten a lot tighter after those pictures were released. Uh, they were given a brief description of the set that they'd seen. Uh, a quote, whole world having been built on an otherworldly salt lake at one location. A, quote, shuttle-like spacecraft, a large tower, a big centuries-old-looking market, hmm. something the crew are reportedly referring to as the alien house, and 10 to 15 really fast buggies powered by jet engines, and then people are already speculating that these could be land speeders. Yeah. Uh, there was also a blast crater. That was created by explosives out in the desert. Some of the cast members were seen in the high sand dunes practicing driving the vehicles they'll likely be using during a scene. Hmm. There was another report that said, quote, the crew had several large white bags of rusted and bent metal parts, which are to be strewn in the desert, possibly to show a spacecraft crash or perhaps a post-apocalyptic civilization. Hmm. Uh, one of the theories to what the story is after hearing all of these rumors is that Han and Leia's daughter travels to Tatooine to find her uncle Luke Skywalker, who's been living in exile. An unexpected Imperial attack happens, resulting in a land speeder chase through the Moss Eisley marketplace. Mm. So it's all speculation. Nobody knows, but uh, word is coming out in bits and pieces. That's a pretty cool theory. Yeah. I mean, I, I could see that. Well, we already – we talked about last episode. I think it was you or Jake said something about Luke living on Tatooine in exile. Like yeah. just like uh, – I think it was you who said uh, you know, he's living there as like, like a hermit just like uh, Ben Kenobi. Yeah. So, yeah, it would totally make sense to the story. I mean, and like I said, they always repeat those things in Star Wars. Right. All the themes are repeated over and over again. Yeah. Where else would Luke go after having to kill his father, you know, even though it was inadvertently. Right. But having to face his father and, and, and his father dying and then, you know, even after Endor and all the fun they had with the Ewoks, I would think – <clears throat> Much like uh, Anakin, you're scarred by those experiences that took you to where you're at. And uh, I think we'll see the same thing probably with Luke. It would make more sense. Like, why? what would Luke be if not the hermit? Right. You know, the humble hermit, the Jedi. Mm -hmm. He wouldn't be like the head of the Rebel Alliance or something like that. Yeah. So that would make more sense. And to see, you know, like you said... Um, 
you know the remnants of the empire mm-hmm. um, in these in these first films at least um, kind of being like the wreckage and 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 people using that in their own uh, in their own ways like on Tatooine like why do we see adats well it's not because the imperial f- fleet is there it's because people are using the wreckage you know and the equipment of the empire right. at the same time could it mean that the empire is rising from um, you know, the, the peoples of these civilizations that are in shit circumstances. Mm-hmm. Are they turning towards the empire and, you know, their technology because they, you know, they're using it because they want to further their own advances and kind of get out of this hole? What is it? You know, what are we left with after the empire is gone? Right. What happened to all these civilizations and what the rebel lines stood for? Are they all, all, are all these people being taken care of? Are they living in poverty? You know, that was kind of an issue even explored in the prequels. Sure, know? it was. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you have this utopia, but was it perfect for everybody? Yeah. Why was there an Anakin, empire? Anakin was raised in slavery. Yeah. Why was there an empire when you had this Jedi Council and this utopia? Right. I don't know. I'm, I'm looking forward to any bits of Star Wars news. So that's why I scour the internet to try to find anything. And I, I thought it was kind of cool to hear about, you know, these sets. I mean, they're keeping it such a tight lid on this. Yeah. And uh, just hearing any bit of news is just, like, awesome. So, I don't know. Did we have any more Star Wars? Did you have any more Star Wars stuff? Well, I mean, it just – I mean, they, they've announced that they have confirmed that there are three – there are going to be three in between, in between movies. They, okay. They have confirmed that, which is kind of – So you're saying – so Star Wars Episode Seven comes out next year. Right. And then there's going to be the Solo movies, and I'm not talking about Han Solo, but there's going to be right. in-between movies. So, but there will be one on 2016, one in 2017, but I thought they were supposed to have – in 2018 was supposed to be Episode Eight. Well, from what I just read this week was that there's going to be three other movies in between these three So they have to release two in one year. Yeah. So I I don't know how they're going to work it. That wasn't announced or anything like the time frame. Um, But that's kind of worrisome. Like like I've said before, I don't need to see a Boba Fett solo movie. I don't need to see it. Right. You know, I love Boba Fett, but I don't. I don't. I, I think that takes away from what they're trying to do with what they're. You know, these new movies. I don't need to see a um, a young hot solo like what he was doing before the first three movies. I don't need to see that. Like, just stick with what this is. So, you know, it, it goes back to like how much. You know, are they trying to just do this to make a bunch of money off of it, or do they really give a fuck about what these stories are? Yeah, I guess, I mean, I guess it, ha- it all has to do with, like, the creative team that they bring in and, like, who's writing the screenplay and if they have a good story to tell. I don't know. Yeah. It, it's hard to say with Abrams. Um, one of the one of the fun things I like about Abrams is I never know what he's going to do. Right. And that's what's intriguing about this is that we are left to debate it because we don't have a clear-cut idea. Abrams can really turn the corner. He can really flip things around to where you're like, holy shit. Right. He just blew my mind. So that could happen. So I'm, I'm totally hopeful. You I, know. you know what movie I want to see? I want to see, I want to see the love story between, um, uh, that guy and his rancor. Because <laughs> yeah, he, he, well, he loved that rancor. He was so sad. I want, yeah, he was. I, <laughs> I want to see him get that rancor from the time it was a baby rancor 
and raising that baby rancor. I want to see that full I wanna two see, hour movie. I do. I want to see a two hour movie. With commentary from Lucas. And I want them to call it Growing Up Rancor. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, that's the movie I want to see. He really loved his rancor. <laughs> he did. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Lucas <with his> commentary. <laughs> I was totally in charge of this project. <laughs> it just it would be a compelling story. Yeah. You know? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> I had that toy. I had oh, that. the rancor? Yeah. No, 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 no. I didn't get the rancor. I got the rancor keeper. The trainer? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, "Mom. <laughs> come on." <laughs> Of all the toys to get. Right. He was crying. I mean, I don't know. He's like, ooh, ooh, ooh. And, you know, I was a little sad. Yeah. The Rancor, but he was asking for it. I mean, come on. Well, I mean, the Rancor was just doing what a Rancor does. Yeah, he was just trying to eat the dude. Right. So is he guilty? Not really. I don't think so. No. It's the same thing of, like, you know, you have your... You keep your uh, killer whales in SeaWorld. I mean, yeah. the only attacks on humans from, like, killer whales have been in these amusement parks, right. these sea parks. Same thing. You, you lock up a rancor, you know? I don't know what a rancor is going to do out If he's nature. only eating humans, that's not a good meal. There's no protein. Well, I mean, the rancor is just going to do what a rancor does. Yeah. I can understand him eating the green piggy guy. Right. Delicious. Delicious. He looked delicious. He does. <laughs> What are those aliens called? I don't even know. Gamorian guards. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I had one of those. Those were cool. I actually had one they of had those. They had the axe and everything. Yeah, I, I fucking had... love the Gamorian guards. Yeah, I had one of those. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't know. Uh, I'm still excited. I'm still excited about this. We haven't got a lot of news. We don't have a lot to go on. Yeah. I love the speculation, even when the before the prequels came out, even though they let me down. Part of the excitement was thinking about it. Yeah. Like, what is going to happen? And what about, like, what if they, like, use some of the cool stuff from the prequels? Like, what if they fucking, like, show you, like, the whole world where Kit Fisto's from? Oh, yeah. That would be amazing. That'd be great. It? Yeah. Like, because his lightsaber, it's an underwater lightsaber. He can use it underwater and yeah. shit, dude. That'd Talk be cool. Talk about that shit. Like, in a fucking, like, I don't know, they've already shown, like, the underwater stuff with, like, you know, Jar Jar Binks and the Gungans. But, I mean, show, like, fucking Kit Fisto's planet dude he yeah. fucking kicked ass yeah i i have total confidence i mean i i um you know george lucas is involved yeah okay he's oversight which a lot of people are like oh fuck that i don't he's, want yeah, i don't want he's him a involved. producer but there were things from the prequel i liked yeah. there were very cool moments that i really liked from the prequel and i think abrams is going to be able to be that guy that's like i'm going to take this right that that lucas is recommending i'm going to use the good things and get rid of the rest of the shit i'm just hoping that it's a good character driven story cuz i know we can get that from michael arnt yeah i hope that lawrence kasdan can bring us a character driven story yeah and i think that's going to happen i don't think we're going to see a parody of these characters yeah. in any way shape or form for for harrison ford to come back yeah to this i i, I think you know he's one of those people who's like i never want to do this again <laughs> same with carrie hold Fisher. on hold on with that hold on with that let me explain this and i think one of the main reasons that harrison ford is coming back and let me explain this. he's a lot more lighthearted these days well, <laughs> let me explain this okay. i think you'll understand understand what i'm saying i think you'll totally agree with me too harrison ford it's it's very well known that he's bigger fan of the character of indiana jones than he ever was yeah with the character of han solo in the star wars films it's no surprise right okay so i'm thinking he's coming back because he might have a deal worked out 
with Disney now that they own Lucasfilm that Indiana Jones five is on is on is in the works if he yeah. comes back and does these movies the way they want them to do it. There might be a side deal. Do you see what I'm saying? Also, why he's a major player all well, of a sudden. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's. I don't even think he would want to be a major player, but in order to like, you know, there's got to be a give, give and take. I, if it was up to him, honestly, I think that he'd want his character to be killed off. That's what he said. Yeah, yeah. But I think Disney's like, hey, you tell you what, you do the film the way that you know Kasdan and and J.J. Abrams wants it, and we'll talk about Indiana Jones Five. Yeah. Well, I, I think he's the perfect character to explore. I don't think that's a bad thing. I mean, I, I understand. I totally agree with you. Like, that's probably his perspective. Yeah. You know, he's getting older. Like, he wants to be known for other things rather than just start. That was always his case. Like, I want to be known for other things. He's a great fucking actor. So I don't know him just from Star Wars. Sure. But I think that's how he feels a lot of the time. And I don't think we we ever anticipated him wanting to come back to this. Hey, when's Lucasfilm going to announce fucking Willow too? Right? <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Are you? I'm serious. I'm being fucking I serious. Hope they never ever ever do a Willow too. Are you serious? No. Oh, I love Willow. Man, Modigan. <laughs> I love Willow. I would love to see them revisit that. I don't world. need to see a part two. I do. Willow. Bring me Willow too. <laughs> Bring me Willow too. I, I want a Willow trilogy. But you're you're totally right. I mean, I, he said for years, like kill him off. Yeah, he's going to bring him back. Kill him yep. off. But I think the more intriguing story is what does Han Solo do when Luke isn't there? When when he's left with nothing to his own devices? You know, mm-hmm. maybe Leia's even gone. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe they wiped out all the other Jedi, and Han is the sole protector of whoever is left. Right. The guy that said a blaster. I'd rather trust my blaster rather than a lightsaber. Right. That is the cooler story to me. Yeah. That guy taking head of the alliance, the Jedi's. Uh, remember last week was like. Uh... Uh, Star Wars Day. Yeah. Well, there were uh, two shows that had Star Wars episodes that were Star Wars Day related. And Big Bang Theory had their Star Wars episode. Yeah. But the Goldbergs had theirs. Oh, yeah. And the episode with the Goldbergs, it focused on um, the youngest kid and his sister. Uh, she's older than him. Them waiting in line to go see Return of the Jedi. Yeah. And uh, they, he was talking to his sister, and she's like, what if – when Han Solo is frozen in the carbonite, if somehow he gets shit, he goes through like a black hole and somehow and lands in our time, in our world in the 1940s, comes out of this and becomes Indiana Jones. <laughs> and like her younger brother just looked at him like, looked at her like, oh my God, wow, wow, well, that's amazing. Of course everyone wants to see that. So, no, it was, just, it was very funny. The yeah. Goldbergs is just a fantastic show. And if you're not watching it, it's fantastic. But the Star Wars episode was great. Like Patton Oswalt does oh, like the narration. I love it when he talks Star Wars. This is like our version of, this is like the no, the younger. I don't know. This is like, the, yeah, this is definitely our version of the Wonder Years. Like we weren't chi- children of the sixties, right? So this is like kids of the eighties. Like this is like our version of the Wonder Years, but just like a little more like 
silly. God, that sounds awesome. It's a really funny show. <laughs> it's a really funny show. Like everything, like, like, uh, they're, they were playing punch out, like his older brother Barry no. was playing punch out in the, in the video arcade. Remember the video arcade version of punch oh, yeah. out and they show him fighting glass, Joe. And you know, I dropped dollars. Yeah. <laughs> into punch so, out. Dude, it was just a very good episode. Yeah. It's a very funny show and it makes you, it makes you rem- reminisce on like the eighties and the shit. But, there was a lot of fun shit. Like, I think that's what's missing yeah. from like the nineties and the two thousands is the fun you know what i mean you're missing a lot of those fun moments i think we had as kids and we had the coolest fucking toys oh yeah coolest games coolest toys i don't care what you do with technology great cartoons great fucking cartoons you always learn something you're like god my mind is blown yeah i was just talking (laughs) i was talking last night about i went to the bar last night and visited dave griffin our head writer i was talking to a guy he works with and we were talking about the dungeons and dragons cartoon yeah you know, you remember the villain in that? That was Peter Cullen, the oh, guy with the guy yeah. with the fucking. There was Dungeon Master, and then who's the fucking? What was the villain's name? I don't remember, dude. It's been so long. Yeah, the Dungeon Master, and which was like the little Yoda looking yeah. guy. Yeah, and then you had the fucking the villain with the one horn, and the other horn was broken off. That yeah. was Peter Cullen, the voice of okay. uh, Optimus Prime. He played the villain in that shit. <laughs> Willie Ames, who was Buddy. Yeah. From uh, Charles in Charge, yeah, <laughs> he was the voice of the Ranger. Oh wow! Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah. Fuck. Dungeons I, and Dragons. I love Dungeons and Fucking Dragons. Fucking a! I love. I, I I did a marathon of that show like two years ago. Watched every episode. I played the game, man. They never did. They never released the final episode of Dungeons and Dragons, the cartoon. But if you get online, you can actually read the script. And there are fans out there that are trying to put together like a fan made. Dungeons and Dragons cartoon finale. Yeah. It's been in the works for years. At the time, like the animation for that was top notch. Yeah. Like just, it was, it was like when you watch Japanese anime now and you say like, wow, that's like so good. I don't remember it being that good. I remember it was like Hanna-Barbera. But at the time, like back then, in comparing it to now, like yeah, the dragon looked pretty cool. Everything was like way ahead of like, I thought the character designs were good. Yeah. So, but anyway, but back, I thought honestly, I thought Thundercats had like the best animation. Thundercats, especially the opening sequence. Yeah. Did you ever notice that, like, with the cartoons, like even Transformers, like the opening sequence, the animation was so much better. Yeah. Than the actual cartoon was. Yeah. GI Joe, Transformers, all that. Uh, stuff. The first episode of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Do you remember? Did and you, then it got shitty. It did. Yeah. It, like, do you remember the first episode, like when they fought like the robots? And it was stuff? so great. Like, yeah. Fucking Michelangelo was taking his nunchucks out and just. Beating the shit out of robots, yeah. they're exploding yeah. and everything. And then it kind of it kind of got toned down after that. It did. Even as a little kid, you're like, "What is it with the animation getting shittier?" Yeah. And shittier? All the shows. It's did supposed that. to get better. I mean, look at the Simpsons. Like from the first season, the oh, animation yeah. got so much better. You Even can South Park, watch it. Yeah. Family Guy, they all get better. Home movies, all that shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but back to Star Wars. Uh, fuck. What was my goddamn point? Um, shit. I don't. Remember. Star Wars Rebels, did you watch the trailer? No, I want to. It's cool. It um, looks like there's a female version of Boba Fett in it. That's cool. That's cool. So, damn it, I had a point and then, and now we were talking care. about we were you were talking about uh, Han Solo for yeah. quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah, I can't remember. Dude. It escaped you? Yeah. Shit. Shit, it was important. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, okay, here it is. Here okay. it is. Okay. What I what I think is the most intriguing storyline is I th- and I think Abrams knows this. Uh-huh. What is the continuing thread? The balance to the force. And we've talked about this before. 
what exactly is the balance to the force. I think Abrams is smart enough to really explore that to the fullest potential. What is the balance to the force? And I think, I honestly think Luke and Leia are probably going to die. That's my opinion. Mm -hmm. I think they're going to die. I think you're going to see more of Han Solo. Like they've said, they've already announced it. Right. I think you're going to probably see him for maybe one or two movies, and then something might happen to him. But the balance to the force, like who actually brings the balance to the force, we don't know. We don't know. Even if the prophecy is true that Yoda was talking about, oh, you know, we know that you you guys are going to bring balance to the force, but in what way? You know, Luke going into exile isn't bringing balance to the force because the Empire is coming back. Because we know that the, that the Empire is coming back. We know that already. We know that that they're coming back in these films. We're going to see the Empire. Well, I mean, even last week we discussed that maybe, like, Jake proposed that maybe it's not like the Empire as we know it, but maybe it's like the the rebels who have maybe they're the ones that are corrupt now and yeah. like there's a new group of rebels that have to overthrow the you know like the same people that overthrew the empire to begin with well you know in the prequels we see the jedi council corrupted we yeah. see that whole civilization turn right. on its head by a couple of people yeah and i think that's going to happen again i just want some news to leak i want to talk more star wars um yeah i don't know where else to go with this this week but no i mean we could talk forever about star wars yeah. as always uh let's see here i guess we'll just end it uh saying happy mother's day to happy all the mothers, mothers out day. there yes yes love my mom yeah love my mom she's the reason i can even talk about any of this shit semi-coherently yeah <laughs> uh you know, she turned me on to all the things that I love. Batman, Superman, fucking, she made me watch, or she let me watch Tron when I was a little kid. Predator. Mm-hmm. All those great things. Oh yeah, Predator. She, she was the reason I watched all that shit and I love her and I thank my mom and, uh, to all moms out there, happy Mother's Day. Absolutely. Love you mom and happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. And just like all good leftovers say on their doggy bag, thank you for your patronage and thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. And uh, we'll have Mr. T take us on out from here. Yes. All right. Mr. T, happy Mother's Day. Love you, Mr. T. Twelve, you could be more. Five. You're so fat, they have to jack you up to take off your shoes. Yeah, well, you're so skinny, your eyes are in single file. Well, you're so ugly, your ears stick out to get away from your face. Well, your mama is Hold so... Hold wait a minute, wait a minute. Don't bring anyone mother into this. She ain't here. If it wasn't for your mother, you wouldn't be here. So remember, when you put down one mother, you put down mothers all over the world.
for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations! I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a t-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. And as always, check out our website, www.popcultureleftovers.com. We've got great articles there, comic reviews, movie reviews, television reviews. It's awesome. Check it out. And if you're interested in writing for the site, uh, we definitely need more writers. So send an email to domesticateddave at gmail.com. And if David Griffin likes what he reads, he'll get in contact with you, and you can be part of the team. Remember, this is a non-paying gig, but it's a really cool way to have your voice heard, and we'd love to read your submissions. So get in contact with David, and thank you. And check us out on Tumblr, too, motherfuckers. <laughs> and don't forget, we're on Instagram, too. <laughs> yeah, that just happened. Already like 7 million podcasts Talking about pop culture and all that Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat But it's all been done before and we don't want to be a copycat We're the leftovers picking up the scraps Dropped by the cool kids it, it, It's a trap Good it, toss it, good it, taste it Do we love it? Hey, let's face it Can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party Subculture spill over like a vulture Carryover, counterculture, pushovers Pop culture Good. I've already been done before, so we should.